gonna call this thing. Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just gonna put down infamous. Welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on the forums. And this is Parker. Go by Tweak on forums. This is Jeremy. Uh, hashtag Constagon Germiger forward slash con- in, inhumans. <laughs> Comma space Germiger. <laughs> Germiger. Constagon. Uh, I, oh man, I don't think I posted the t-shirts from last week. Oh, I'm going to have to do that later tonight. Uh, I forgot to. I got distracted. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, I don't think we have any announcements this week. So, let's get straight into the news. News, 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 All right. So, uh, first news. Uh, pretty big news if you uh, wanted uh, all your models tomorrow. The release dates have been moved around. Um <laughs> It's not happening tomorrow. That's the that's the short version hey, of the news. Hey, hey, it's still happening tomorrow, not just tomorrow, tomorrow, like later tomorrow. Right, as more more tomorrows. Just go to sleep yeah. for a very long time, and it'll basically yeah. be tomorrow. Uh, Day after yeah. tomorrow. So, yeah. Uh, Tomorrow's a fluid concept. This podcast does not endorse um, you know, uh, comas in order to get <laughs> releases. <laughs> feel like they happen more often. but uh, It's tomorrow somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what what exactly do, so it's which model sets are moving? They're moving back to May, right? Or are they moving into April? Uh, well, I believe the terminology they used is the March releases were delayed to the US. Therefore, they will be released later in either April or May. Okay. Is I believe exactly what the post said. Okay. But I mean, hypothetically, it could be as early as April, it could be as late as June, I think honestly. It just depends. Uh, do they give a reason for it? Uh, pandemic shipping delays, basically. Okay. Uh, there's shipping delays to the U.S. because of the pandemic, and then also, what it was, it was there's like 22,000 U.S. zip codes had no mail for like a week. Yeah. Like, because of like, you know, pandemic issues and like work labors times and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that the post services, postal services ever really adjusted from like how big of a hole they were in. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the amount of increased shipping from the pandemic and everything, and then also, like, less workers because so many people got sick or so many people just, like, think about how many postal workers, like, they are actually a very high age bracket for employees. Right. And so, like, some of them just retired when, Mm -hmm. like, the pandemic hit. Like, they're just down workers. And, like, it's like you can just get new people. Right. And then there's obviously, like, some political stuff with the mail service going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, I heard... In addition to the normal stuff, like, there was interrupted things in the mail chain in the U.S. because, like, there was, like, excessive outbreaks of the pandemic in, like, specific facilities, which slowed everything down. And those, the releases that are moved, the, the... the... They did not specifically say what was the releases were, ah, okay. but I think it's pretty obvious X-Force. X-Force, right. Because they've been teasing X-Force constantly. So we have to wait a little bit longer for X-Force, most likely. That's I mean, we we'll know because they it's only the U.S. releases. So we're mm-hmm. it's going to be like the Angela and Enchantress thing. We're going to see the cards because people elsewhere are going to post them. Yeah. So something to look forward we to. Just, we just won't have models. Yeah. Um, 
other news, we uh, speaking of X-Force, is we got a cable panel to play, so we know a little bit more about him. And I I think he surprised everybody. I think a lot of people were expecting him to be uh, kind of a Cyclops-level, four-cost, you know, uh, does a few things as a hero. Um, but it looks like he's going to have a lot more tools in his belt. So let's go. We're going to go through each one of his tools today because they kind of like each one of them is kind of uh, crazy. So we know he has above average stamina, uh, solid defenses, so probably looking at threes and fours, um, and then just like everything, every kind of thing you would want right now. This is just from what Panel to Play has revealed. Uh, so um, first thing we know is that he has a, a beam rifle, which is you know his big old gun he's always got to have on the cover of every X-Force comic. And uh, it says it has incredible range and hits hard. So what do we think that is? It's, it's going to be a 5-6. Five, 5-6. Six. Wow. Six. Probably with an ability. Yeah. Like uh, sap power or stagger. Not stagger. I almost said stagger. Um, what if... Shit, what what am I thinking here? Stun what's maybe? A, what's a good... Stun be really strong. If it was like a 5-6 with wild stunning, that's really good. I don't know. I actually, I want to circle back to the stamina and, and defense after we get done with this, though. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? I assumed it was going to be range 5 energy for 6 dice, probably with an effect of some kind. Like, maybe Wild's push, maybe? I don't know. I don't think it'll be range 5. Those are pretty rare. Um, I said long range. Yeah, but 4 is really long. I mean... Well, I mean, Bucky's rifle's range 5. So is Haw- Hawkeye's bow is range 5. If he can't shoot as far as Hawkeye, I'm going to be real sad. Uh, there's lots of things that don't shoot as far as Hawkeye. For all some all the rifle, pe- all the rifle people are range five. Mm, I was actually we got Bucky and um, what's his face? Um, who's the other guy? A rocket or both range five? Mm-hmm. Like I don't see how he's not going to be range five. I think it, it would it would stun me if he wasn't. No pun intended. I think it's uh I think incredible range probably indicates five, and I actually thought it was going to be a five-five at first until it said hits hard, and hard is in italics. I was like, mm, crud. So either that means hits hard is six dice, uh, or I think it means hits hard and, like you said, has a push ability or maybe even a throw on a wild, something it, like that. It could be five dice with pierce, maybe. Like, I could see that, too. Yeah. I think it hits hard. Like, a five-dice attack kind of hits hard. Like, it's... It's semantics at that point. Right. I just think they want his beam rifle to be a big deal. And I think that, like, it has been in the comics. Like, when he shoots people, they die, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like a... Like, when Cyclops hits people, they get knocked down. When he hits people, like, they, they melt. Also, they, they're they drawing, I think, also uh, uh, primarily on the movie. And Deadpool right. makes a really big deal in the Deadpool sequel about, like, I love this, this gun. This gun is so great. Mm-hmm. Just shoot it with the gun. Like, when he's fighting a juggernaut, he goes, just turn it up and hit him with the gun. <laughs> like, and yeah. like that, Maybe I, it'll have explosion then, because it does, like, an AOE in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know he has, we know he's got a big gun. Uh, apparently also he's got the Ascani Sun, uh, ability, which, hey, oh, wait, what? we gotta go, you skipped over health and defense at the start. Oh, I didn't, I mean, you go, what, all we know is his above average stamina and solid defenses. What does this mean? Like a, was he six health and four, three, three? Um, well, that's what I want to talk about. Do you, cause he has the energy shield, right? Well, I guess. We could come back to this after the energy shield. Yeah, because we're gonna say we're gonna see the energy shield. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get to the energy shield then. Okay. So what's next? The next uh, his is secondary attack, Ascani Sun, uh, which is um, harkens back to the fact he was raised by the Ascani uh, warriors in the future, 
instead of by his parents. Um, now they they say this. They say in this they say as the techno organic virus in his body subsides, Cable is better able to draw on his powers. And I don't know why they say that because I don't know how his virus subsides. So I don't know if this is. I I don't know how they're gonna if they're gonna like represent that in the game somehow, or if they just mean that he can spend power to do it and that makes the virus subside. I don't know why they put that in this panel to play because it's the first. I, I think they're referencing that maybe he's getting over the virus. Like it it the the virus used to affect him a lot more than it does currently, and not that like for a brief moment it subsides. I don't think that's what they're saying. Yeah, I was it, it, at various points in Cable's mythos he has either less organic virus or no organic virus and in those moments he is a monstrous psionic and potential like he is a telepath that knows like very little bounds in terms of uh, telepath and uh, telekinesis in one comic he throws down with the silver surfer and they are fighting each other while they're obliterating mountains and buildings around them and murdering thousands of people with their fight and they together are reconstructing all the things they're destroying simultaneous to fighting each other at the molecular level like that's the kind of power cable throws around if he has no an organic virus. He like fights the Silver Surfer and fixes all the things they break while they fight. Um, that's how powerful he is. But in this game, Ascani Sun basically is going to be an Area Two Mystic attack that is Strength Seven, and for each attack that deals damage, he removes one damage from himself. So if he's in the middle of a bunch of guys and pops it, he could heal you know two or three damage points uh, if he does damage to everybody. Um, sorry, can you say the... So he heals for the damage he does on the attack? No, he heals only one. He says for each, he heals a, one. for each attack that deals damage, he heals one. Oh, right, right, okay. So, so it's, it's not it's not like Venom, but no. if he does damage, you remove one. Yeah, it's not even close to the power of Venom's. Um, so yeah. reliably in a game, he'll probably heal himself two. Because if you're popping an Area 2 Mystic attack and you're spending the power yeah. for it, you're probably getting two people. But maybe every yeah. once in a while he'll get three. But it's a way to, you know, heal two and do a strength seven mystic attack around him to two different people simultaneously. It's not a horrible value if he's damaged, but um, I, I do not know how often you'll do it. It seems every area two yeah. ability in the game sees, like, to me, such a corner case. Like, every once in a while it gets good, but most of the time it's weak. But I don't know cool. if you guys have an opinion on area attacks, but my, my opinion, really. my opinion mean, of them is low. This feels a lot like God of Thunder. Like, the odds of you using this, like, accurately in a game is going to be, like, uh, my opponent was, like, either not paying attention or the game is mostly decided and it's, like, a last-ditch maneuver kind of thing. I don't think this is, like, a... Like, Daredevil's AoE is something you can plan around because it's so good, mm-hmm. but in that you can actually build a strategy around implementing it, but this is just, like, it's just a good attack. Right. But it is a good attack, so, I don't know. It'll probably be relevant in some games. Maybe, like, one out of three. Uh, so in the powers department, he has six superpowers. Jeez. Uh, we know some of them. Uh, wet work is the uh, X-Force affiliation ability. Um, wet work allows each member of X-Force to reroll one die in an attack roll each turn. Um, so basically, if you're on... And that's his, that's his team affiliation, so everybody that you put on a team with Cable, as long as you are an X-Force team, will get to re-roll one die in attack rolls each turn. So if you have the ability to attack on somebody else's turn, you would also yeah. get to re-roll. So folks like Venom and Sabretooth, 
uh, would get, could get a little bit more out of it. Um, does it how actually do, says once per turn? It says uh, the 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 panel to play says one die in an attack roll each turn. Hmm. So was, I wonder if that's a, a typo or, or just a badly phrased sentence, or if it's. I would assume it's actually restricted to once per turn, which is kind of lame. That's going to make uh, Deadpool's gunshot that chains way less effective. Right. Uh, I guess technically they revealed Deadpool's card. I guess we could talk about that, but we knew most of it. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that uh, you're only re-rolling, re-rolling one dice uh, in a whole mm-hmm. turn. So, eh, meh. Like, it's... Yeah, that's very weak. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not nothing. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did think is for the characters out there that really love their attack rolls but don't ever get re-rolls, it's not, you know, it's something to do. It's something to have. Um, Omega level threat is another one of his powers. Uh, it costs between one and four power, and then um, it lets him throw terrain with a size equal to the amount of power spent. So apparently not uh, other characters, but he can spend between one and four power. And that's very is that identical or nearly identical to Magneto's, right? Or is... Ebony Maw. Oh, it's Ebony, Ebony Maw's power. Okay, so finally, finally, Ebony Maw. It gets an upgrade, and we get a rework for Ebony Maw, and it's, in fact, Cable. What? It's cable <laughs> rework for Ebony Maw. Yeah, Cable there, is basically a reprint is, of Ebony Maw. <laughs> I would like to go on the record now and say there is a 0.001% chance Ebony Maw will be as good as Cable. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I think I think, no what they, I think what they realize is they made a mistake with Ebony Maw, and, like, we really need to reprint Ebony Maw. You know what? Let's just go ahead and make Cable Ebony Maw only better. Sorry, no, I, I misremembered. His always costs three. Oh, never mind. Okay, never mind it's then. It's just worse. Okay, good. So, uh, you guys throw stuff a lot in games. <laughs> you guys like characters that throw things. What do you think about this? Uh, it Does it say range and distance? It does not. Uh, so, it'll probably be range two or three throw medium, I would expect. It'll, it's going to be good. Like It's going to be fine. It's going to be a, a strong ability. Is it actually efficient to to be able to choose your power level to throw something, or wouldn't you rather just... Yes, it is very efficient. He can only throw once, I assume. Uh, so probably. it's Magneto's ability, but limited to once. Mm-hmm. Which is very but different But it probably than won't Magneto. be as far. <laughs> yeah, but it probably yeah. won't be as far. Oh, yeah, it's going to be worse, but I mean, Magneto's a six-point character. It's a whole so. different thing. Uh, but it is nice to be able to uh, grab so finally... a four that's next to you and huck it. Like, being able to grab mm-hmm. a four is insane. Like, only a handful of, right. of folks can do that. Well, I don't think he'll be able to throw size four. Did it say up to four? Yeah, between one and four. Equal, oh equal to the amount yeah, of power Yeah, that's spent. legit, man. Yeah, yeah. so that, that is exactly Magneto's power, except limited to once per turn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's the second best throw ability in the game. So, it's very good. Behind Ebony Maw, you mean, right? <laughs> yeah, behind <laughs> Ebony Maw. Behind so if Maw. you're standing standing on the back side of the spectrum, behind it of Ebony Maw, so you know yeah. on the far side of right. that. If you go around back to the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if you're so far outside the box that you're looking at yourself still in the box, that's good. Yep. Uh, his last uh, revealed ability <laughs> in the panel to play is Telekinetic Shield, uh, which is reactive. Um, that's the one that's actually represented on his his model with the cool yeah. uh, hex things. Um, which I thought was interesting because it's a telekinetic shield, but the model looks like cybernetic. Like the fact they use like hexes, I don't know if I yeah, like it lo- that. Yeah, it looks it looks technical right. in some way. It doesn't look like a telekinetic shield like you think of when you think of uh, like a, a Jean Grey kind of power. But anyway, uh, what it does is it adds two dice to a defense roll, 
uh, or he can help out a teammate by adding a bonus dice to, sorry, the bonus. So it's two dice to their defense. So he yes. can now Doctor give, Strange. Yeah, he can give two bonus dice to himself or somebody else. Um, doesn't yes, Doctor Strange's ability? Right. So um, and now we can talk about adding two dice to your defense roll plus his defensive okay, stats. So. What do we think his defensive stats are going to be? Um, obviously, he's going to be strong against Mystic, right? So I'm thinking at least a four Mystic defense. Um, so I think one of his other stats will also be a four. What do you guys think? Do you think it's more likely he's strong against energy or physical? I'm leaning towards energy. I think it'd be uh, interesting yeah, I, if I would he was strong that. against energy, but it's just not the case usually. It'll probably be physical. Well, but if you think about the types, like he's not like a melee fighter, he's a ranged fighter. And ranged fighters are a lot more commonly strong against energy and people with barriers specifically. Because we think about the people that put up shields, it's like Wong and Doctor Strange, and both of them are stronger against energy than they are against physical. So that's why I'm leaning towards energy being a stronger stat. It could be. I think he'll be 344. He'll basically be Doctor Strange's stat line. For the most part, a little bit weaker on Mystic, probably. He doesn't have any other rerolls. Yeah, I think three four four is yeah, good call. That's probably right. Mm. I mean, I, we we kind of agree that he'll probably be five points. Uh, so that that would be fine. I, I would love to see him with all fours. That would be cool, but doubtful. I like, I, I don't so, think that's I don't think that'll happen. And the reason why is Cable himself, beyond being like a strong soldier, he's an old man. He's like mm-hmm. physically not any faster or stronger or, or you know, the, than any other, you know, he's not old, Wolverine tough. Right. Yeah. He's not, he's not old guy. He, he's kind of, you know, uh, physically mm-hmm. he's not any more durable than any regular person. Uh, but you know, he has psychic powers. So I don't, they, they could say at any moment, it's just like, yeah, but he could deflect any sort of physical attack with his psychic powers. So mm-hmm. he's a five, sure. four, four, I don't know, but I mean, he's, he has metal parts just like Wolverine. You never know. Like Jax, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. That's who I like to model my characters for. <laughs> Jax from Mortal Kombat. Fucking idiot. I, I'm i excited about Cable. Now I've seen his panels of play. I thought I really thought he I'm was going to... I'm very gonna, excited. I thought he was going to be just a... Uh, I, I really thought he was going to be a Cyclops again. Um, just with like... I, I, uh, did, I never thought that was going to be an option. I mean... Cyclops is a lame duck and Cable is very well beloved by the community I can't imagine they ever would have ruined him mm-hmm. like Cable's such a, a cult favorite like everyone that knows about X-Force loves Cable yeah that's true it's kind of like if they would have made Cable bad they also would have had to make Venom bad and Deadpool bad and all those other characters mm-hmm. and they're not going to do that Yeah, uh, they're not going to make that happen so, uh, so yeah speaking of Deadpool we got card for Deadpool yeah I posted it in the podcast channel mm-hmm uh, so the most interesting thing to me is he's only three threat. That, that yeah. surprised me. I thought he was going to be four. Uh, another interesting thing about his Deadpool card is that we found out he's four health on the front side yep. and six on the back, which I think is really interesting. Um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ha, huh, that's, that's, that's adorable. So it's really difficult, I think, actually, to make his healing factor work very consistently on the front side. On the back side, you'll probably actually see it occur. But because he does have one thing to notice, even though he does have four health, uh, he does because he has healing factor. He has access to um, exceptional healing. Yeah, exceptional healing. So he's not just gonna die automatically if if you try to hit him with something really big. If you if you get hit by a five, you know, five damage attack, you can pull that card up. Yeah, I like the fact that he feels like a three. Like 
I don't think he fits in every mm-hmm. list. I, I don't think he's like a go-to, like, oh my God, it's the best, you know, it's not. Where they could have. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't feel powerful. He feels useful, but yeah. not powerful. I think he's interesting. It's very cool that they're keeping along the lines of, like, we're going to make characters and we're going to make them interesting. And, you know, he, they, he's got one of the weirdest goddamn cards in the game, that fucking chimichanga thing. And yoink, which mm-hmm. is so fucking weird. But, you know, it's like they kept it into character and he'll be usable in some lists. And But most of the time, in my opinion, probably not. Um, but he's cool. So did you guys see the all right now it's serious rule? Uh, when he's injured, he always counts as healthy yes. for contesting objectives yeah. and for playing cards. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Dude, he's a criminal. He fits in a criminal is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely going to get played, and he's going to be kind of a mercenary, I think, which is going to be fun. What the hell? I wonder if that's just because... Oh, never mind. It's uh, I'm looking at a clipped image, and there's like a sword coming into the frame, but that's because they posted the image of his model over the top of the image of the card, yes. so the sword is coming into frame. Okay, how about this? The last several cards they've spoiled have had rounded edges. Do you think this is just the image has a rounded edge? Or do you think the new cards are going to be more like playing cards where there'll be a rounded corner? Hmm. But they're, all, they're still oversized, right? So uh, uh, I guess they they're still going to be big. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, if they were made out of a sturdier card stock, like playing hmm. cards were, I think that'd be really handy for like long-term health of the game. Probably. Because the other ones are just like cut out foam board, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it's just, it's not a lot to them. Uh, also, I love, I know karate. I know it's just, uh, it's much better than a lot of the rules of the game. Reroll one dice in attack and defense rolls always. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it stacks well with the affiliation. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot easier for him to get his bangs off. Bang, 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 bang. Well, the fact that, in, like, this Merc with a Mouth power is a new thing in the game. Being yeah, able it just to makes somebody lose two. Walk, well, mm-hmm. you, I mean, seriously, you're like, you thought you were going to charge. You're not charging me. Like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Or you thought you were going to throw? You're not throwing me. Yeah, I mean, sucker exists. It's just bad. Uh, I mean, <laughs> compared to this? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, It, but on a character is pretty cool. The only problem with Merc with a Mouth is, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, it costs three. So you're only using it later in the game um, because you're probably not starting the game with three power, likely, unless you're playing a faction that's somehow feeding you power. So... Uh, unless you play an affiliation that's gaining you power before the opening of engagement, you're probably not doing it uh, to punish somebody's opening possibilities, like charge, for example. You're probably doing it to just deplete them later. It feels like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, this would be a cool power sink if I for some reason have eight, you know, da- you know, eight power on Deadpool and I can't spend it um, because uh, all I can do is bang, bang, bang from where I am and it costs no power. And, like, it... it what basically it is a, it is a range three power sink that has a, it's a control effect is what, it, what I think it looks mm-hmm. like because I don't think you'll be able to do it very easy. It's not I don't think it's strong enough to to devote like a whole tactic to yeah. But it is something to sink power. But look at his card though, like what's his power expenditure? Right, like basically that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's gonna take damage because he's you know he heals and he's gonna be a frontliner. Because no one's going to sit at range four and pistol people. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. So he's going to get power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he'll he'll want to spend it on something. And obviously, maximum effort is a great attack. But, like, 
you know, you can only use it twice. Like, you gotta spend your other power on something, and his even that generates power. So, by the way, did you guys see Maximum Effort? Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Dance I party. I was kind of disappointed when I saw the front of his card. I didn't even look to see if his big attack was different. I'm actually very excited because that looks like it's fun to use. Because he's it looks like the character is actually designed to play a certain way. Because it looks like he's supposed to dig himself in early if he gets dazed, whatever, because he's more health on the back. And he's not punished for being injured like other people are. Mm-hmm. Then you're supposed to get the work in while he's on his injured side. Because if you if he runs in and gets injured, that just means you have enough power for maximum effort. Uh, uh my favorite part about this new card, uh, on his injured side, he looks like a super badass, amazing. Like now you pissed me off. One of his yeah. pouches is leaking candy. Oh my god! Like. I, I love it. He's got a sword out and he's shooting people. Yeah. He's like, let's do this, yeah. Candy. <laughs> yeah. I love I love how the front yeah. side he looks all goofy and doot do doot do doot and silly, yeah. And then the back side he looks like he's all business and yet also candy's coming out of his pouch. So you're saying because they spilled his candy, now it's serious. Yeah, yeah, right. Like <laughs> you ticked me off now. That's my can- that's my lollipop. I love it's a really really well designed card in theme yeah. too. It's good. I'm very very happy. All right, I think that's it for the news, isn't it? Did we cover everything? Yeah, that was a lot of news, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, again, uh, because of the way Disney likes to get all their ducks in a row for all their different licenses being used in different places, uh, X-Force in Marvel Strike Force is a very aggressive, like, glass cannon team. And so I'd be very surprised if they weren't a similar play style in uh, Crisis Protocol. Yeah. So I would expect uh, the remainder of the characters as they get spoiled to be very focused on like assassination, like being able to get in, take people out, and like living is a secondary. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on, uh, we've got currently playing. Uh, so <laughs> we talked about this list on last week's podcast, but uh, I put together that Asgard and Healing Factor list, and uh, I don't know what to call it. It's either the Healy Boys or. <laughs> Uh, the Axemen or the Bifrost Bruisers. And so we need to come up with a name for this list. All of those are bad. What? They're all good. They're all bad. Because you have Asgardians and X-Men. So it's Axemen and then the the Bifrost Bruisers. You all like Bifrost Bruisers? No. That sounds exactly like what are those? When the women skate and like they're all dressed up in costumes. (laughs) Oh, the Derby Girls? (laughs) Yes! Yeah, Roller roller Derby. Roller Derbies. The, the Bifrost Bruisers, here she comes. I, 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 I know what you're saying. I don't think it's a bad thing. <laughs> okay, okay. So far, it's a compliment. All you've done is make yeah. me happy. You just made me more okay. excited. <laughs> click click save. All right. <laughs> click save. Click fucking save as. Uh, That's Jeremy, fine. it's the internet. It saves on its own. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> okay, he doesn't know how to use computers. Um, But yeah, I played one game of it versus Blackwater. I lost that game, but I think it just a lot of bad... I mean, obviously, it was my first time playing the list, so I did not play it optimally. And I also didn't choose my characters well. If I had taken Loki instead of Valkyrie, I think it would have been much better for me. Because I took Wong, who literally never did anything. But I was playing against Black Order, and so, like, the healing component of my list was kind of wasted. But I literally like chose my point totals without knowing what my opponent was playing, which was a mistake. I definitely should not have done that. Uh, uh, the double uh, reduced damage to one cards is definitely annoying as crap. Like, playing against that is just like, yeah, two of your attacks are going to do one damage, and I get to pick when. It's super frustrating. 
Uh, I did get to live the dream. So Wolverine got alphaed by Thanos, right? So he got Mind Stone forward, punch, punch, thrown, dead. And killed him in two hits. So I was like, ah, whatever, you know, he's Wolverine. It happens, I guess. Uh, so Angela goes in, uh, moves long, punches Proxima, places within two, picks up the objective that Logan dropped, and then Corvus comes in on her and fails to kill Angela. Uh, and then, because she, she had uh, Odin's Blessing, then after she gets attacked, she plays Field Dressing on Logan, who activates for the first time, and uh, one-shots Thanos, which was cool. Whoa. I don't know if you guys are aware, rolling three wilds on his claw slash at when he's the best at what he does is good thing. Oh my he God. did eight damage plus pierce on a five die attack. And he was just like, uh, I block zero? I was like, cool, take seven. He's like, I'm dead. Like, eat it. Wow. He, he is He off. is the best there is at what he does. Yeah, he's the best at what he does. That's and so scary he shit. Got one shotted. Got, uh, so I healed him for the one. Uh, before he activated, because the way um, your turn order works is you uh, before someone activates, you do that. And so then he heals one with the Asgard faction ability. Then he heals for another two at the end of his turn. So he had four hit points at the end of the round and only played one tactics card. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was pretty pretty happy with Wolverine with that list. And it gives you another bruiser, so you don't have to rely on Valkyrie for all of your output damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the prop the mistake I made was definitely taking Valkyrie and Wong instead of Loki with the Mind Stone because Loki is actually very strong against Black Order. He makes all their free abilities cost power, which is really good because he he makes them pay one to use their abilities. Uh, make not letting them add additional dice for crits is really punishing because they're. Uh, very reliant on exploding attacks and also when they've got the reality stone you don't get the extra die for the criticals when Loki's injured and Corvus is just terrible against Loki it's one of the rare bad matchups for Corvus really because yeah so you just move to range two of him and then uh, or you move to range three of him you blast it with the slow beam and then you mind stone walk him away and he doesn't have a charge mechanic he's not within range to attack you he cannot attack you without playing Mothership. Because hmm. he's speed short, you walked him away short, and you were only within range three. And so he would have to have enough power to death blow you. And when he does that, you just trickster away, and now he's again not in range. <laughs> and so he's just, he just standing there like a sad boy with a ball and no friends. He's like, what do I do about this? He's like, keep walking towards Loki. And then if he finally double moves at you, you just throw him away with Thor. And you're like, goodbye, later. And then if he does come in, you throw Loki at him with sibling rivalry, and it staggers him. So when you mind stone him away, he literally can't do anything. So that was a that was a nineteen point game. Yeah, we both picked nineteen point missions. Mm-hmm. This is a, there's a battle report for this, so it'll be online probably by next week. I would expect. I'm catching up. I still have a huge backlog of games because I basically didn't post anything for a week and a half. I really like Loki. Like, I really like Loki. I feel like he's one of those super high learning curve characters, though. Like, you need to be able to go look at your opponent's card and go like, okay, this is how Loki is going to just win automatically against you, not by killing you, just by making sure you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's super cool character. Yeah, I also, I, I put a huge premium on damage output because I'm a very aggressive player. And so I always, it's always hard to look at Valkyrie's damage output, which I think is slightly higher than Loki's, and then look at a five-point Loki and say these two characters are equivalently priced. Like, it just yeah. is rough. But when you can put in someone like Wolverine, 
and then also have Valkyrie and Thor, well, that's plenty of damage. And now bringing in a support character makes a lot of sense. And so that that was where I think I went wrong in my list building. But I, I think the list has legs uh, because I was also playing Recalibration Matrix and I wasn't playing Med Pack. It was in my it was in my eight, but I didn't play it in the game. So it was uh, B- Rainbow Bridge for maneuverability. Even though a lot of the characters are fairly mobile on their own, it's extra maneuverability. Uh, Owns blessing, exceptional healing, recalibration matrix, field dressing, and so it's all cards that like change the math. And so I, I liked having it. I because you always have an answer. Mm. I liked it a lot. Uh, so Parker, why don't you tell me about your bad list and how bad it was? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I found out that um, I was I was playing an Avengers list that was trying to make use of. Um, getting one less, you know, power cost on your opponent's yeah. turn for things. So just how often could I dip into that? And uh, in my game against Jeremy, uh, Captain America got pulled out by Thanos and uh, KO'd pretty quick. And as it turns out, I never actually needed the Avengers power to do anything of the things that I wanted to do anyway. Because they're basically, afterwards, Jeremy, kinda, Jeremy and I sat down and we looked at, there are actually only a few characters in the game that really care about having the Avengers power because... If you are attacked, and then after you're attacked, you need to spend power to do something reactive, then you don't need the Avengers' power, because you're almost always going to have power to do it. It's only in the case that you get attacked and not damaged, but there are very few things that do something if you're not yeah. damaged. So, Oh no, my opponent's attacks do nothing. I'm screwed. Right. So... Basically, uh, I was thinking about think characters like Venom and Sabretooth being useful for Avengers, but they actually weren't because Venom and Sabretooth already have enough power to do the thing after they're attacked because um, they got attacked. But uh, we looked at it, and there are some characters that do care about having the power because they're doing it before you attack, like Hawkeye. So before the attack happens, you can make it happen. Uh, you can attack back, so you don't have the power to spend. You need it already. And then, like, Ghost Rider, who Ghost is never going to be attacked... To get it, yeah. Ghost Rider is, yeah. Smacking you with the the crits. Right. So basically, we decided that there is, and the funny thing is, Ghost Rider does get a power for you getting, you know, you attacking your friend, but the fact that you get a power and then you immediately also get a discount is highly, highly efficient. So Hmm. basically, we found out that my idea was not wrong, but the composition of the list I played, which had Venom uh, and... Uh, Vision and Hawkeye, the only characters that were actually getting any benefit from the Avengers ability were Vision and Hawkeye, and they always had enough power anyway, because Hawkeye... Vision has enough. Yeah, yeah. Vision always has enough, and Hawkeye usually has enough too, because he doesn't use his power for anything else. So, basically, when the the lesson I learned was, uh, if I was trying to be really... You were so worried about figuring out if you could get discounts, then you didn't think if you should get (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was, it was the Jurassic Park thing. You were so busy just mm-hmm. figuring out if you could, you never just stopped to ask if you should. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, I, we had talked about it as well, and and you you told me you were trying to create a list that like had responses on all the models of things that I did, and then you kind of like got derailed doing a different idea, and the list was kind of like a mix mm-hmm. of two different things. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, the, the roster caused... was basically a lot of characters that want Cap's leadership, and then you just picked five of them at random, and you're like, this list isn't <laughs> good. You're like, yep, that is correct. Yep. Classic keyboard face roll. Yay, it yeah. works. <laughs> cool. <sighs> uh, Jeremy, did you have a new list you want to talk about? Um, same old stuff? It was the same old stuff. Nine point Thanos plus <clears throat> Magneto. 
um, mm-hmm. just disassembled Captain America and his gang. I want everybody that listens to this podcast to think back or even go back and listen to about a month and a half ago, like six, seven episodes, when I was like, Jeremy, I'm telling you, these three-character lists are amazing. He's like, that's not my bag. I don't want to play three-model lists. I want five models. Now he can't stop playing three-model lists. I, I, can't, I can't quit you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to move us on to hobby projects. Uh, unlike you guys, I have completely scrapped putting models together and painting stuff. I now... And Minecrafting as my hobby. <laughs> I basically played Minecraft the last week. Uh, however, I did expand my ba- bamboo farm to three times its current size, so I'm very happy about that. Well done, well done. How is your uh, how is your cow smasher? Is it doing well? Uh, it's still smashing playing cows. I mean, it's not worth expanding because I I have so much steak and leather that I just don't know what to do with it. It's like if you just put enough cows into a box, you get all the cow parts, so it doesn't matter. It's all about getting more cows in one box. Oh, Lord. Well, my Inhumans are finished. I, I finished them up. Um, this was the... I remember you telling me how much you enjoyed painting the No, this, the was, this was the worst. It was like your favorite paint job this ever was, of this any was model you've ever painted. This was the worst pile of groupings of models. <laughs> like, I enjoyed none of it. Even the dog, which people are like, oh, my God, he's so cute. No, listen. He's got a mold that line right down the back of him. And the one thing I do refuse to do is clean that shit up. They made the models. Mm-hmm. I just put them together. And then I'm like, look what you fucking people did. So, and it's a big old uh, flat area. I will area. say I, I do like the crystal model. I think you complaining that she's wearing yellow is not a fair argument because you <laughs> can paint her whatever fucking color you want. I hate it. Because most people don't know what color she's wearing anyway. Like, I look at the box. If you're looking at the box and you painted her green, they'd be like, oh, nice crystal. Like They wouldn't even think about it. Like No one knows what color she it's wears. Offensive. Quick, what color is Medusa's chest like clothing? Gray. Like, like, no one knows. It's fucking great. It's, it's only gray, gray on the box. Because you, know you, you had to look it up and then <laughs> paint it that way. That's the only reason you know. <laughs> they give you the box. It's a paint by number. Yeah. It tells you what to do. The only choices you can make that are wrong is if you put a mask on Wolverine. You could have decided to do one or the other, but if you put a mask on him, you were incorrect. What? You did the maskless Wolverine? The mask? Hell yeah, I did. He's got to have blue hair, just like in all the comic books. I need... <laughs> I need my Wolverine to be two Batmans kissing at all times. I, that's the only the only acceptable answer. Oh, you did it. <laughs> yeah, two Batmans kissing at all times. You've seen it, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. All right. Uh, so moving on to our main topic today, we're going to finish up the affiliated tactics cards from last week. Uh, so if you haven't listened to last cards. week's episode, why not? Go listen to last week's episode. Go. Yeah. Fun. Come on, and guy. You have good job. Come on, guy. Mm-hmm. Damn. Gold star to every every listener that's listened to all of our episodes. You will be receiving one gold star via email. We've left a small Easter egg in every episode. As long as your email is my email, and I just sent it to myself. All right. Nice. Okay, so we left off at Black Order. We finished up with Price of Failure, which was a failure. Uh, failure. We're going to move into the Brotherhood now. Yeah, failure. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are on Bros. Asteroid M. Yep. Parker, hit us with some knowledge. All right, so Asteroid M is an active uh, power. Two Brotherhood of Mutants have to spend two power at the same time. You place one of the two characters not holding an objective token within one of the other character. 
So very is it this it, is identical to mothership. This is right? exactly verbatim to mothership except for the title and the affiliation requirement. That's the only difference. Right. It could be asteroid mothership. Is M yeah. stands for mothership. Yeah. Anything that happens in space is discard. Yeah. That is how this works. Until we get mystic cosmic rays. Yeah. Yep. Uh so can we well, is it yeah, okay? We, hold on. Is, is it okay if we just we give it the same? We gave mothership a six. Yeah. So why not just copy off of the guy next to us uh, and give it a six? I was gonna right? say we. Well, the, we are really the good answer. At things, so the answer is because different characters can play this card. So oh. how good is it for those characters? True. Uh, the answer is we don't know because we don't know what half this fucking faction does yet. Yeah. Uh, that being said, obviously being able to place Magneto for only two power on him is a big deal. I personally am expecting this to be a really big deal once Quicksilver and Juggernaut are released. Because I can only imagine Quicksilver is just going to hightail it to the other side of the table, and then, boom, surprise Juggernaut. And that's going to be my strategy for 10 games. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm going to love it. Uh, so that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, on the flip side, going to, to Black Order, I don't think they really need Mothership. I think it's a good card, but it's mostly a waste because the only time you actually play it is the one in ten games you probably play with Black Black Dwarf, and he needs to get across the table because something has happened, like you're playing Alien Ship and the the objective is found on the other side of the table, so you need to get him back in the fight. Uh, or more commonly, you will have Proxima dig herself super deep and then bring in Corvus from the back and then deliver him to where he needs to go without having to spend actions. That's the more common use for this card. But that's pretty much the only time it gets played. It requires two power on uh, Proxima and Corvus, which isn't hard to do, but it, it does eat into their power pool. But it is cool to make some really exciting plays because Proxima can get across the table because she can like move long, shoot range three, place on the far side. Then you play Asteroid M, or excuse me, Mothership, and Corvus just comes screaming in over the top and hopscotches her. And he could, I've placed him like two full feet before. Like, he's just like, surprise, three quarters of the table across, and he just, like, kills Doctor Strange and his buddy. And you're like, oops, I was not expecting that. So, it's a good card. I don't know how important it is. Hmm. So, what what do we do? Do we call it a six, not knowing what they're Not knowing be? what those people do? Okay, how about this? Uh, Black Order has uh, Cosmic Portal on Thanos, because if you're not playing Thanos, you're not playing Black Order. And so... I just can't imagine anybody would ever play Black Order without Thanos. It just doesn't make sense to my brain. You would just play another affiliation. Even unaffiliated sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, let's see. They have Cosmic Portal. Their, most of their characters outside Corvus don't really need maneuverability because they're already mobile. Um, yeah, it just seems like a waste in Black Order. I think it's probably going to be a 7 in uh, Brotherhood to me because moving Magneto, we already know, is going to be like maybe a game changer, right? Like Being able to place... Magneto anywhere basically on the board is a big deal. Yeah. We saw um, we've seen that with the portal, right? From Dr. Strange's right. portal. Yeah, exactly. So, I think it's a big deal. The only reason you don't see this card played more right now is cuz people aren't playing Brotherhood right now cuz their models aren't out yet and Mystique is terrible. I said it. I used my words. Hmm. Really? Yes. I... Uh we can talk about that more later. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm willing to give this thing a six, not knowing what it does and knowing how what an edge case uh, mothership actually is. I'm willing to give this thing a six just to see. 
how about this? We know that we're getting more Brotherhood characters. So there's seven characters that can get placed by this card at a minimum right now. There's a high likelihood, in my opinion, we're going to get more Brotherhood characters down the road. Right? There's no way Pyro doesn't get released. Mm-hmm. Like, So we're looking at minimum eight, realistically. Probably more. So I think this is higher than Mothership on that alone. Because even though we only know four of the characters right now, Magneto is more important to place than any character in Black Order with, with Asteroid M. And there's going to be even more characters coming out. And I think they'll have... Quicksilver will be at least as fast as Proxima, I think. So you'll have a character that can go anchor for you. Hmm. What do you guys think? I think it's more valuable because it's in a better faction. I will call it... Better faction for it, sure. I will, I will, I'll call it a... A seven, then? Because the movement movement card? What did you say? I, you cut out. I'd call it a seven, then, because it's a movement card. Seven. Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I think it's the same as the other one. Um, I think it's a six. I'm going with seven. All right, seven it is. Yeah, I knew you were. It's okay. I said it already. I know. That's why I said I fucking know. (laughs) The Book of Truth. All right. Plural. The Book of Truth uh, is a reactive card. Uh, When a Brotherhood of Mutants character is attacking or defending, at the end of the modified dice step... Before the calculate success or failure, that character may spend two power, and then this character rolls all of their attack or defense dice, including skulls. A super duper reroll for your uh, roll. So the beyond the obvious stuff is this happens after all other modifications. Yep. So if you're playing against spider foes or anyone else who manipulates your dice, you get this reroll after everything. Now, that's sometimes a downside if you're playing with, let's say, say you're playing with Peter Parker. Um, oh, I guess he can't even play it, so I'm trying to think of a time this would matter. Um, if you play Inspiring Monologue and this card, you do not get to use Book of Truth and then Inspiring Monologue. You have you use Inspiring Monologue first. This happens at the end of the modify step, so all other modifiers go first. Bonus is pierce happens before this. So if they pierce like a bunch of your dice down and you're defending, mm. you can play this to then re-roll those dice and still have them affect the roll. So does pierce so, so pierce effectively is nullified. If you play Book of Truth, Pierce won't do anything because they're new they're new rolls. Yeah. They turn them to blanks and then you re-roll them. So it's it's mostly irrelevant. Huh. Now, Pierce might be the reason you're playing the card, so it's not irrelevant. It's just, you know, not optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, on the attack, um, same thing. If you get Vapors of Valtord and you're attacking and they make you reroll, you could reroll them back. If you roll a bunch of skulls in the initial roll, obviously this is one of the only ways to modify your skulls. Uh, it's basically a cheaper recalibration matrix that you can't make them reroll, but you get to reroll skulls. And so I, I think it's, I think it's better than recalibration matrix because it's cheaper. This, this is an auto include in, I think, any list. That play that's playing Brotherhood. The only problem I have about it is it's not it's not like um, uh, exceptional healing in that it guarantees you know an elimination of dice. Yeah. Or a, it doesn't remove like random chance. It just right. modifies. It, the it, it, yeah. It just allows you to get another random chance. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that it says all also you don't get to choose which dice. Sure. Uh, I yeah. don't like that. Uh, I get recalibration matrix is super strong. I just had Jeremy use it against me, 
in the last game where I was going to wipe out his Magneto because um, I got a nice roll after like roll four or five against him. He finally did not get in a good defense roll, and I finally got a good attack roll at the same time. And he just said, "Nope, let's make this happen again. Let's make another. Let's just make this occur again." And so I get that this is you know like that, but the fact that it only rerolls yours. So if your opponent gets a really really great roll and you need this roll to be really really great, you're spending two power to ice skate uphill. Well, I think the way you use it on the offensive side is you wait for them to have a bad defense roll, and so you get to see all their modifications first. That's so even true. if they've like you're attacking Peter Parker, you see the dice. You're like, all right, you got one. All right, I only did two. No, we're doing four this time. Let's go again. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you get to see all the modifications they have before you make the decision. Then I guess so. You're making you're making a decision right before damage is applied. And that's actually then I guess this is why I like this. I, I do. I do not like this card nearly as much as something like Exceptional Healing on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, I think it's much stronger than something like Recalibration Matrix because it doesn't Ooh. allow your opponent to do it again, too. Uh, How about this? I do I Hold do on. like it on the offensive way. So Sabretooth can play this card. Uh, so let's say Sabretooth attacks you, gets the pierce. You can play this, reroll your dice, but the pierce has already been applied. You've already used the pierce on them, so you don't need the wild on the second roll. Well, why would you... And that all- why would, why so would let's that? say you roll your five dice, right? You get one wild. That's your only success. Uh-huh. So you apply the pierce, but before damage is calculated, you play this card, then get to re-roll your dice before calculate successes. So you could then get more hits, but not need the wild. Because mm-hmm. normally when you're like, well, should I re-roll my whole attack? Well, if I don't get a wild, it's like negative one. Well, it's not because you've already turned their defense die down. Right. <clears throat> and so now you get to finish the reroll five more dice just looking for hits. It, it, yeah, it is. And then also you can do that with his Savage Predator uh, attack yeah. where he does the, well, on a wild and a hit, I get another attack. Well, you've already triggered that. Well, actually, that's different. It might it might trigger at a different timing on that one. I'm not, I'd have to look it up. But stuff like that. Like if you have combat effects, like you can trigger the combat effect a lot of the time and then still reroll your dice. Basically, so, you're, you're, you're not losing that efficiency, yeah. You uh, mm-hmm. a really good thing like you're talking about pierces and stuff like using it against Modok. Say you throw several fucking wilds. Yes. Just reroll. Yeah, because he can't turn those down. He can't. Yeah. So it's very very strong against characters like that. Well, I mean, there's only one Modok. Yeah. But Magneto trying to nuke him off the board. That's a really good time to do it. Like okay, and <laughs> yeah, boom. Yeah, it's good, and I yeah, like and how it's cheap. Yeah, and obviously, if it didn't get skulls, it'd be a lot worse, but it's a whole new role. Mm-hmm. But because also, keep in mind, if you're like one critical or two criticals and nothing else, you're rerolling the whole pool, so you might actually be rerolling more dice than you originally started with. Oh, there you go. I like that, actually, a lot. If you get two criticals and, you know, blanks after that from the criticals, Garbage, yeah. you know, now you're now you're like, I'm, I would like to reroll this, you know, this pool that has two crits, two skulls, and three blanks, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. You're like, oh, oh, <laughs> that's a big-ass rule. Also, at the rate we're going, one of the characters will probably have that stupid ribbons rule where they can't <laughs> roll their attack dice again. Probably. So, I mean, it just said, I'm just going <laughs> yeah. with, like, the the odds at this point. Right. We'll probably, that'll probably be Scarlet Witch's abilities. You can't re-roll your attack dice against mm-hmm. me, just on statistics. So, mm-hmm. we know how much they like repeating abilities. Yeah. I think every I think every character uh, that is female from this point on will probably have that exact <laughs> rule. 
Yeah. Domino? Yeah, it's probability. It's a probability ribbons. Yeah. yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> probability <Yeah>. ribbons. <laughs> we're, we're just ripping on the dev team, guys. Don't worry. All right, yeah. so what do you guys think about this card? Uh, should I go first? Who goes first? Is it me? Yeah. I think it's me. Yeah, because Parker goes last. Ugh, like everything. And I'm going to go with a seven. I was Two costs for dice rerolling. Seven. Yeah, yeah, I was going like to say it. a seven. It, it's a lot better than just kind of a five. And it's only two cost, which is the money. I love that. It's great. Reroll skulls. Mm. Done. Seven. Parker? I was going to say six because it gives you because it doesn't help you as much on defense as some other cards. Uh, what an idiot. I think it's six. Didn't agree with us. All right. Seven it is. Outvoted. Uh, moving on to the Cabal, we have the Cosmic Invigoration. So, Cosmic Invigoration is trash. Why am I even reading this? Uh, yeah, just one. Let's move on. Yep. <laughs> Don't play this card, guys. Uh, it it only works with Red Skull. So, uh, but if Red Skull is within, it damages you. Yep. Yeah, this is just bad. Uh, if Red Skull is within uh, range two of another allied character that has an activated token, he may uh, spend two. Oh, sorry, each one of them can spend two. My bad. Each may yes. play. Um, then remove the activated token from the allied character and roll three dice for every crit, wild, or hit rolled. That character suffers uh, one damage. So basically, you roll mm-hmm. functionally a, a three die attack roll against the character you want to reactivate. With no defense. Yeah. No defense roll. So uh, obviously, this is inflicted by an allied character, so you don't gain power for it. Um, yeah, so this this is definitely, like, the worst card in the game. So, first off, it requires two characters to spend multiple power. Mm-hmm. They have a proximity requirement, and it's dice-based. There's a random effect on this. So, you have to roll dice to see what happens, and it damages you? Just throw this away. Yeah. Guys, when you open your core set, find Cosmic Invigoration, rip it into tiny pieces, and throw it away so it never gets played against me. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, I really, really hope that... At this point, we actually all give this a one, and we move on. <laughs> and move on. Oh my gosh, this card is so good. <laughs> okay, so that was all jest. That was jest. Uh, this card is if, this card is super strong. If you play this card at the right moment, you win the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a, if your opponent does not stop you from playing this card, you win the game. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one of those cards that when you're playing against Cabal. Um, you're like, well, if I don't kill Red Skull or KO Red Skull this turn, I might just automatically lose because Cosmic Variation is in play. It's so, so you guys strong. know how field dressing is really important to stop and break up, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know why everyone knows how to stop field dressing from happening? Because of this card. It has like the exact same requirements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's why everyone knew how to stop field dressing when it mm-hmm. came out. It's because this fucking card. Uh, it's so good. Like... It literally just gives you plus one characters for the turn, and it's whichever character you want. It's so good. Um, the The most optimal target is usually um, Modok, but Magneto is also a legitimate option. Thanos is a legitimate option. Like any big alpha character is is a great target. Now, honestly, you could even put it on someone like Sabretooth. Like Sabretooth in the right situation is a monster. Uh, like if he uh, t- ten power damage Sabretooth that's got like three damage on him, he's like, uh, here's like an eleven die attack that like triggers another attack with rerolls. Oops, sorry, mm-hmm. I guess you're dead. Actually, yeah, this, Sabretooth, this card basically Sabretooth is uh, a better model to use with that than most, being that mm-hmm. when it damages him, he fucking hits you harder. He heals it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna trigger his Savage Predator. Yeah. Right. 
what's it no mercy it's called no mercy yeah. god all of his i always confuse all of his terminology on his card it's all just angry kitty cat i'm yeah. sorry guys <laughs> it just read read the card you'll know what i'm talking about but yeah i think every 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 character that gets better drac oh. drax is the three-point character that if you cosmic invigorate him he can he can wreck the world with a good with a good cosmic invigoration because he takes three damage and all of a sudden Drax now hits like a truck. Like there are all yeah. kinds of there are the super premium characters like Hulk and uh, Modok and yeah. Thanos, but there's also the smaller characters that you know get some sort of benefit from uh, activating twice. The only I is there any also there's there's another use for this which is uh, if I get this objective right now in this way, I win. Like it's you know not it's not just yeah. I'll kill my opponent. It's also like oh. If Black Panther could activate right now, he could all of he could just win the game because of you know what he does. All right, Parker, so. I got a question for you. So if Red Skull activates uh, on turn two and uses his cube power gaining ability both turns, how much power does he have? What on turn two? How much power? How much power can Red Skull have on turn two? I have not played him enough to know this off the top of my head. So so he gains three from his ability, right? Then he. Gains three from his ability again, mm -hmm. and then powers up twice. That's eight. Eight power. Mm -hmm. How much does this card and follow me cost? <laughs> that's eight power. By design. Yeah. So you could just immediately double activate turn two. Now that's not particularly amazing unless you have something else lined up, but mm -hmm. it's another great option that you can look at. Um, and one of the, the originally back in like, you know, wave one days, I played Red Skull, Modok, Hulk as like a joke list and it was actually really good because you know what makes hulk better activating twice mm -hmm. yeah an extra activation will do that yeah if you get two activations with hulk having like 15 plus damage and a lot of power that's real bad for you mm -hmm. so thankfully it's a cabal only red skull card for the love of god um it's, yeah i mean it's it's a ball breaker. And of all characters that could play this specific card, it's like, oh, I'll just move the target out of range two of Red Skull. That'll fix my problem. Red Skull moves him back. You're like, shit! Like, <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah, it, he's so good at playing this card. If you are trying to play Cabal and it's not working for you, it's because you're not utilizing this card properly, which admittedly takes a little bit of practice. You have to like know where you need to put them in advance. So, like, you need to put them to where they're going to be within two of each other, even after they have both activated. So, one thing you can do is, you like, you can set up the situation you want to happen and then play it in reverse and back them up to the starting point. And that way you can kind of get an idea of how the flow of the game needs to go. But, yeah, this card is amazing. Uh, we've talked about, like, all kinds of things about it. All right, we should probably throw out some numbers now. Uh, I think the absolute floor on this card is an eight. I'm, I'm going to argue a nine, though. I think it's a nine. This card is silly. Any other affiliation, having this card is a game changer. But this affiliation, not only does it hit their aesthetic perfectly, but I think they can take advantage of it even better than anybody else. Like, this is the faction you would want this card in. Because they have two of the best, like, hard-hitting characters in the affiliation. And Red Skull is the perfect character to play this. Yeah, I thought, honestly, that we were all playing that card wrong. Like, I'm like, that's way too strong. That can't, that can't possibly mm -hmm. work like that. And, uh... That's not what that means. No, yeah, that, that can't be that. It says, it says remove activated token. I'm pretty sure that's how this works. I'm like, no, that can't, that means that we need to, and then after actually doing it, you're like, 
I get to go twice. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And this was back when we thought that you had to spend an action to do the second doomsday chair attack. Like <laughs> this was how early in the game this was. We were like, there's no way you could cosmic migrate and do was that eight doomsday chair attacks? That'd be illegal. There's no way. <laughs> like we were fucking arguing about this shit all the time. Oh yeah. Yep. No, but it's real and that card exists. Um it it's an I only will give it an eight because it's very specific on who can use it. It would be a 10 if it was a kind of a universal like answer. It's not cabal specific though. It's just a cabal faction card. So you have to be playing cabal, but you play it on anybody. You can play it on anybody. Yes, but it takes red. How many affiliation cards like this allow you to target a non-affiliated character? I'm going to say four. I have no fucking clue. Zero. Zero. The is answer it zero? is zero. Is it really? Avengers Assemble can't even target non-Avenger characters. Like, this is the card that breaks the rule. Yeah. They're like, uh, we're going to do some dark magic on your ass. And you're like, no, yeah. I'm Captain America. You can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, so how many cards in the game are better than this card? One? That's, that's not banned? Uh... I mean, anything that can play in my faction, because I don't play Cabal. What are you talking about? I mean, it's it's limited by that. This this is easily top three cards in the game, right? Mm-hmm. How is it not a nine? I vote I vote strong strong nine. If I could give it a nine point eight, I would. Um, I mean, it takes up one of your five. You have to be playing Cabal. I mean, all that stuff is great and grand, but I mean. That's like saying field dressing, you have to have a day's character for it to be good. Like, yeah, I, I know, but... No, but I mean, as a universal tactics card, sure. It's... I, I just hate... But you, if you removed... If you changed Cabal to, say, unaffiliated, mm-hmm. and you removed Red Skull with active character, it would be not okay for the game. No, it wouldn't. It's already not good. okay. So... It's, that's my point. How are you saying this card is nine. beyond powerful and probably needs to be restricted? Yeah, but it's only an eight. Like that's not you. That's you can't make that argument. Jeremy over here with no legs making arguments. Like get out of here. Oh my god, you're the one that said eight. I said as an absolute floor. I voted nine. All right, I'll vote a three. We already outvoted you. you okay, know. fine. Yet nine again, is. It just shows Jeremy's bad at rating things. I'm the I'm the numbers creep guy too. I'm like, guys, we need to bring these numbers down. That card's a nine. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have the 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 chocolate rains. Go ahead. Chocolate rain. Uh, dark rain. Uh, it's an active cabal card. Any cabal character can spend three. Uh, choose any enemy character. No range requirement. All allied cabal characters may roll any number of attack dice when attacking the chosen character this round. Yeah, just yeah. This is just like the opposite of Inspiring Monologue, which is why I love it. Because it's great. Anyone can play it, and you just pick someone, and they're fucked. Like, yeah. that's basically what this card says. Yeah, you delete a character, uh, for sure. Yeah. Unlike uh, Cosmic Invigoration, this card only affects Cabal members. And so this was originally the reason people thought Cabal was very, very faction-specific. Mm-hmm. But now, now just no one plays it, and they just get over it. It's like all oh, my characters already reroll dice. It's fine, right? 
I think I did play Dark Rain on somebody and attack them with Magneto, and it was just like, like you're like, what a waste. I was like, yeah, but like I killed Modok. Like I don't care. Like yeah. it's fine. <laughs> it's like I killed Modok with one attack. Like it's fine. When you really need something, I'll dead, get over it. Choose yeah. Dark Rain. It's the delete card. Pay three power and one action. Remove model from table. Pretty much. So where does that put that on your uh, your scale of zero to? Uh, resurrection mm-hmm. uh i mean it's definitely not as good as cosmic invigoration uh it is still quite good but it the cabal stamp requirement makes it less good um i i want to say seven i think seven's fair it's it's a quite good card any faction would be happy to have this in faction tell you what no fucking x-men card would ever get played over this mm. so Again, being being the advocate of, I don't know. Um, so it allows you to attack. Um, it doesn't it doesn't allow you to move. It doesn't allow you to go score points. Um, it just deletes mm-hmm. or dazes a model. So you have to use it. You can use it whenever somebody can drop something. You pick yeah. it up. Whatever. It, it's it better basically... to KO somebody, but. Sure, I, I would. I view this card as a. It will make my very low ability to apply damage to a model skyrocket so you can view it as maneuverability as the fact is i can afford a move action here like if you've got a character that's not in range to attack you can afford to move now because that second attack is going to be so premium that it's going to make up for the missed attack on your move in like so it's not action economy but it's it's such a increase in damage potential that the lack of efficiency for movement no longer really punishes you. Obviously, you still need to be able to get in range to attack. Uh-huh. But if you're playing Red Skull and you can't get your characters there, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And you said what, seven? I said seven. I think its potential, its, it's high-end potential is way better than that. But also, there's a lot of Cabal lists I see nowadays that aren't playing like very many Cabal members. And Red Skull's not really going to get take advantage of it very often. Although it does make Red Skull a nightmare because his Unleash the Cube attack with Dark Rain up is terrifying. Like, seven die attack that throws and stuns in an AoE and its energy. Like, it's so good with this. Uh And you're playing Cabal, so your characters are gonna have three power to play this. So it's like, the three cost is like nothing. Yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap to get what you're, you're getting out of it. And I mean, it does help in the fact that you don't have to take a uh, a Thanos from eight health to dead with it. You can just make sure something's going to die while you're passing by, which is nice. It takes the yeah. the element of chance out of it. Uh, that's good. I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind al- a seven. There's also <clears throat> there's also two. I think it's at least a seven because there's also now two characters that uh, can't stand it. Like Dark Rain by itself just almost invalidates the Hulk, like a six a six cost character. Because when Hulk gets dark range, he's like, "Well, that's a big fucked uh, part of my list." And I think rapid fire invalidated Hulk, but yeah, go ahead. But then also <laughs> now, now you have two cha- now you have two characters with a She Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. Now now you have two characters that dark rain will just ruin. Like you'll ruin your your opponent's chances of victory because you don't have the benefit of dazed. Yeah. So as as long as they keep printing characters that can't be dazed, they just have a one health pool. Then dark rain actually gets better and better every time they do that. I, I do think that's going to be a Hulk-specific thing, and honestly, D- Cabal doesn't have any trouble with the Hulk characters, which is the only reason I didn't rate this higher, 
because Cabal's problem isn't dealing damage. Like, if you're playing Battlebox characters, maybe. Because, like, Zemo is... Zemo is very consistent, but he doesn't spike really high, usually. Um, Ultron's kind of the same way. Ultron can do damage, but he's not overly, like, crushy. Like, he'll do damage, and it's good, consistent damage. But when you throw this down, it feels like it's Magneto. Like, he's just destroying everything. And so that that was a lot more important back in the day. But now we have Modok and we have Magneto, we have Sabretooth. Like the characters we're playing nowadays don't need the damage bonus, which is like a like you know embarrassment of riches problems. Like yeah, we just don't need to kill you anymore. We already kill you so much. Like we'd rather have defense. Like mm-hmm. so, it's just crazy to me that this card is so amazing and very little, very smallly utilized at the moment, at least in our meta. You just don't need it to kill people. So, but having it is nice. Like, um, Cabal is not at all afraid of Thanos. Just a side note: mm-hmm. Why is Ultron's shitty weapon more expensive than his good weapon? Oh yeah, did you notice that? <laughs> Where it's like, why would I strike you when my energy blast is so much better? Side I, note: we ta- I talked about that when we were raiding Cabal. I know, I know, I know. It was but like you like, on like, me again. I'm that's like, a misprint, right? Like, There's no true? way his shorter range attack is just objectively worse. Yeah. Like, yep, yeah, it is. Okay, I'm just checking. Just yeah, did sure. you just notice that? No, 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 no. I, I just know thought I've, of it. I thought I know it I've used talking. Strike before. Yeah. I've definitely used Strike in games and not realized it because I don't play Ultron very often. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so we like it. It's good. But it is an embarrassment of riches. That That's a good way to put the turn. Like, that's... But I, I rated it a 7 with all of that in mind, knowing that's, like, when you were like, well, Cosmic Invigoration is very restrictive. This card is way more restrictive than, than Cosmic Invigoration. But even that, knowing that still, that this card is still a 7. It's so good. I have no problems with that being a 7. Parker? Yeah, I said 7. 7 it is. Moving on, we have the Criminal Syndicates all according to plan. Okay. Uh... On our battle reports, there's a chance that uh, All According to Plan uh, may show up in lists that it's not actually in, because when I'm typing All Webbed Up, sometimes it pre-fills to All According to Plan, and I don't catch it. But, <laughs> so if that ever happens, just know that it's supposed to be All Webbed Up if there's Peter Parker in the list. It's like, they don't even have Kingpin. What's going on? Yeah. Like That's why. It's autofill. All According to Plan is a reactive card. Uh, during the power phase, any number of Criminal Syndicate characters can spend uh, any amount of power they want to play this card. If you collect 10 or more power, uh, which I think it's funny they say 10 or more, you're like, I would also like to add in four extra power. There um, is actually a situation where it happens. Where you, where uh, you I can ex- to? Go ahead and finish the card. I'll explain it then. Okay. Uh, take the priority token. Basically, you get priority during the power phase um, if you spend 10 or more power. But why would you want to spend more than 10 power? I kind of wish it said steal the priority token. Because, <laughs> you know, they, they did miss like, the opportunity there. Instead, we're starting a Liam Neeson franchise. Mm-hmm. Hey, turn your phone off. Oh, yeah. Whoever that is. You're holding it. I think it's okay. You might get your notification. <laughs> I didn't know it was on volume. All right. Check, check, check. All right. So, uh, the situation, it's been ruled this way, although I agree with Richard, who brought this up to me. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, if you have, let's say, four Criminal Syndicate characters, that's your only four characters, you play this card, two of them are holding worthy tokens. You actually have to pay 12. Oh, God. That's awful. Mm. 
because it says you have to increase the amount you must spend by one. And according to the rules guy, it's because the card checks if you spend 10 before the worthy kicks in. And so when the worthy kicks in, you have to then kick in an additional one each for each person with the token. And so basically you're saying, all right, these four characters are going to play it. I'm going to go two, two, three, three. And then the worthy token kicks in. Now everyone's spending three. And so you end up spending 12 at the end. So if it said spend 10 power, you technically wouldn't get it (laughs) because of the circular logic they were using on the rules forum based on the, like there's no hammered out timing on when the, spending power on an, a card triggers things and so they were it was just a whole mess but that's that's why the wording is the way it is apparently hmm. it's annoying so good so uh pro tip if you're playing criminal syndicate always play the worthy mission because you yeah, get to use your accordion plan shut them down yeah. oh my god uh, also it's uh they yeah it's just a whole mess at least you can use the criminal syndicate ability to pile all your worthy tokens on one guy, and then he just doesn't participate. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, so about this card, um, it's really cool. Uh, I don't know that you play it that often, but having it there is such a game changer for your opponent psychologically. Because there's always turns where it's like, oh, it's okay. I can be super reckless with my important character here because I'll have priority next turn. Well, knowing that there's the opportunity that won't happen will cause your opponent not to go for those plays more often than not, which will then put you in more favorable positions to not play the card. So it's kind of like the threat of all according to plan is better than the effect because your opponent has to, or at least should, plan for this card happening because there's some really bad situations. Let's say all of a sudden charging in an injured Valkyrie at the end of a round made sense knowing that she was going to get to go first next turn, but now she could charge in and die and then you never get to activate Valkyrie again. It's not as good. So uh, it, it's definitely strong. Jeremy, you've played this before. Did you ever get a chance to play all according to the plan? That's the only, it's, it's good card. Does it actually happen? I mean, I didn't play it, but at the time that that's when criminal syndicate first came out and I wasn't exactly mm-hmm. sure how to play the whole thing. Um, but now knowing what I know, like, no, it's super good. Uh, just being able to snatch yeah. away priority whenever, because um, ten isn't that many. Especially gets, yeah, it sounds like a lot. It's really not that many for the effect. Like, just think about Black Order getting to interrupt their go first train and like take Corvus out before he gets to attack. Huge. Like, mm-hmm. not you're not only taking away an activation from them, but you're taking away a double activation because you're taking out Corvus, which is huge. But then they're also losing the premium effect of getting to activate two characters before their opponent goes. Like, the amount of work they can do drops by, like, two-thirds. It's so, so impactful against them. Jeremy, do you feel like when you play Criminal Syndicate, do you have 10 power sitting around? Do these characters just not have a lot of places to dump their power? Yeah, in fact, I will have... Criminals should have all the power, and you don't have any. Because criminals just need to stand there. Criminals exist. Like, yeah. their job is mm-hmm. to be there, and your job is to punch me off of the points. So most of the time, criminals have tons of points, so or tons of power. It's it's That's not the big deal. And in fact, like, I, I kind of think I'm going to shift into playing criminals again just because it's a really cool, different way to play it. And that card will be in every criminal list, for sure. Hmm. For sure. 
Yeah, also, like, 10 power sounds like a lot, but it's pretty rare you don't have 10 power on your characters in a game. Like, early turn 2, maybe, but that's not really when you're playing this. You're playing this card on, like, turn 3 and 4 when the game is about to be decided. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not playing this just at top of 2 mm-hmm. to, like, go first and go take and extract. Like, that's not what this card's for. And so, like, yeah, middle of the game, you probably have, like, 30 power on your characters. Like, maybe that might be a bit much, but there's that's a lot of power on the table. And plus, you're also doing your builder attacks and stuff. I mean, you've got a... You have a lot more power than you think when it comes to how much you have. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. if you're, I, like... I would say most characters on any given turn have between three and five pretty commonly. And so if you have five characters, you know, that's, that's almost 30 power. And especially when, again, usually criminals just want to throw you. They don't really want to fight you because mm-hmm. building power is going to allow you to then do shit to them. Um, so it's usually yeah. a bad mm-hmm. idea to fight. Criminals don't need to fight you. Yeah, they like they like playing the denial secure game. Where it's like, mm-hmm. we're just going to play this nice and slow get points game and we're not really going to fight too much. Mm-hmm. So everything I'm going to do is just going to push you away and give you zero power. You're trying to starve them out. Uh, the only the only reason this card might be hard to play is because you played Shadow Organization on a previous turn. That might be the only reason that this card would be mm-hmm. expensive. So let's let's get to that in a moment. How do we rate all the cards? Yeah, plan? so uh, probably a six. That's how I feel about it. It's a unique effect. Nothing else in the game does this. And as an aggressive player, man, that is a being able to say I have priority and there is nothing you can do about it. Because think about what it usually means when you lose priority. It means you had an exceptionally crushing turn. Usually, it's like oh, I dazed three of your characters here's the priority token i'm sorry just kidding taking it back and go again and just start like because getting to double activate go last and go first is not allowed in the game for a reason right because you can daze and then ko a character and they never get to go it's like it's possible for you to like especially if you're playing um like you just let's say you just throw in like a peter parker or a uh gwen stacy which is very easy to see uh, you can go up, webline one of their characters that's already activated in, daze, or daze them, and the next turn steal the priority and KO them before they ever get to even attack with the model. Yeah, there's there's some really powerful combos you can pull off if you get if you can guarantee priority under any situation. I wish, I wish this card was not criminal. Um, I wish this was more of a general card that did this. And I mean, it it, it it's super super strong. But then again. The cards that are in your list, lots of them are the same kind of cards all the time. I would love another card Ooh. of the caliber of a field dressing, and this would be one of them, in in my opinion. What would that have to cost? I mean... It could obviously be restricted, right? Oh, yes. For It'd sure. It'd obviously be on the restricted list instantly. Yes. And so you're giving up a healing card for it, and what it would have to cost at least 12 or... Gosh... Maybe have it be played by your leader only and have it cost, like, six. Like, it'd have to be big. Yeah. I, but I love the effect that it's there. Turn your phone off. Dude, I'm fucking... It's called Vibrate. I did, man. It's like the fourth time it's gone off. Just twice. He, like, down. just locks the screen. Yeah, it's off. I just locked it. <laughs> um. Come on, Grandpa. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but... Effects like that change the game, and it's really cool to be able to say, okay, do I take a field dressing over this card, or is this card, like, those decisions are really nice. It's not just, do I want to make you attack a little less hard, or do I want to hit you a little more? Like, this is critical. 
This is an incredibly impactful card. If everyone could play this, man, this game would be a lot more like tiptoe around your oh, opponent's situation. It would be cat and mouse like a motherfucker. Like, yeah. you'd be like, Can you I imagine if Cabal. You. I'm, I'm actually totally against this. Can you imagine if Cabal <laughs> had this card? It just this says is Cabal. game over. You never get to activate anybody. It just says Cabal wins. That it would says be what Cabal the card can't says. use it. Okay, that's all. It just says Cabal can't use it. Yeah, this card. no Cabal. So, Unaffiliated, except for Cabal. Maybe not this card then. But a card like this. I like this concept. Yeah. No, yeah, I do too. Um, I think what you're looking for is follow me. Like, maybe we just need to put more thought into follow me. Maybe. Because it's basically get priority. It doesn't give you priority, but it gets you the double activation. Because follow me plus drop off might be really good. I mean, obviously drop off's not legal, but like maybe that's another reason it got banned. Yeah. Anyway, we, we need to rate this. Uh, yeah, it's a really strong effect. It's a unique effect. I don't know that it's utilized too much. Uh, I, th- I think it's a six. It's above average. I could be talked up, but I think it's at least a six. Jeremy, hit me with some numbers. Um, I'll go with a seven because of its potential and what it actually can do. I-, I love the idea of you just don't get to activate, and that's just rude and mean. Like, and that that's something mm-hmm. that might not should be in the game. But criminals are slow enough that maybe that just doesn't happen. I mean, how many web lines does criminal use? You know, like how how many times does criminal drag sure. yeah i mean they're just not doing that to you well but also i mean it's easy to throw one character in but the, the main reason i'm not hugely all over this card is because they're a scenario based faction they don't actually want the priority very often they want to be able to go last and get you off of a point and so i don't think it's super important but that being said they don't have any five point characters that i'm aware of in, in criminals so they're gonna generally outnumber a lot of lists and if mm-hmm. you're always going last, then going first one turn may, could make the difference. So it is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'll go with a seven. Parker, what's your number? Um, I think, actually, after having played against a lot of like priority taker lists that plan on having priority all the time, the ability to just be like, nope, I want your Magneto uh, to, to make sure to go down before he gets to mm-hmm. eliminate three of my characters. Um, yeah. I actually really like it for that reason. I mean, I would actually, um, I think the value of this thing goes up to an eight instantly as soon as your as soon as your opponent as soon as you see a character across the board that that costs six or more. This is not a seven point card; it's an eight point card because um, it allows you to actually remove that model before they get to to walk all over you with their uh, priority plan. But because because I see nothing but those lists. <laughs> I would rate number. it an eight. We need a number. I- I'm going to say an eight because I want it that right. bad. An eight. We already did all the discussion. All right. So we're doing seven because me and Jeremy said seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so outvoted down to a seven. Uh, next up, Criminal Syndicate Cruelty. Cruelty. Uh, it is a uh, an attack that is a f- uh, range five uh, Mystic Attack does five dice. If an allied character damages an enemy character with an attack, after the attack is resolved, you can immediately follow up with the Cruelty Attack by spending two power. Um, the char- attacking character immediately performs the attack listed, uh, and then this attack can only have dice added to it from critical results. 
it's it's basically a big list of words that says you can't use your innate modifiers. Right. You have to only do generic ways of changing. Right. Things. Yeah. This character cannot modify its attack dice at all during the attack. Yeah. It's just basically an attack made by the card, not by the model. Right. Um. So I love this card. Um. Twist the knife is amazing. I think we need more cards like this and not in criminals. Uh, just like Jeremy was saying with the last card. There's so many times you you like come one short of taking someone out, and this is exactly what you want. It's so good. Do you yeah, get two the, power? Do you get the two, two power, power for a mistake? I was gonna really say, good. do you get damage? Uh, do you get the power from your attack before you can spend the two power on cruelty? Read the card. It says. All oh, right. So it's after the whole resolution. I see. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, for all the reasons that you've already said. I mean, for two power, just to throw five dice more at something, and also it's Mystic, mm-hmm. which is pretty good against most things. Um, you're I gonna... love the concept that it's not that you're injuring them more, it's that you're doing psychological damage of, like, the, I'm going to murder you, and they're like, yeah. no! Like, I love the, like, the, the concept of it. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a card that goes in your list if you're playing Criminals. I mean... Mm-hmm. Why not? It's a good one. Does it? Does it? Does it actually go onto your uh, list of five though? Yeah, it definitely goes into the pool. Makes the roster. Yeah. Does Does it actually make the table though? Uh, it probably depends on the matchup because there's some matchups you probably don't play shadow organization, and there's some matchups you don't play all according to plan. It just kind of depends. Mm. And so it's it's the the thing about the criminals is you'll notice is they have a lot of good tactics cards. They're situational, and so it kind of depends on the situation so you have to you know make the best choices for the for the game but okay so what's the situation where cruelty is better than any of those other two cards those other two cards seem so like game if bending, you're playing against and this one if this you're one just seems like asgard for bit. example you wouldn't play shadow organization because all their shit is up close and so they just want to run at you so shadow organization doesn't help you but being able to finish off thor on an important attack might help you a lot mm-hmm. so cruelty would go in over shadow organization all according to plan, if you're playing against a list that isn't going to have priority against you, like let's say you're playing a four-character list and they have six, I don't know what the point of all according to plan would be, so you wouldn't play it. So it just depends on, like, you have to make that decision based on your opponent. Or, like, the scenario as well. Like, if you you get stuck into, like, a like Gamma Wave, I, I haven't played Criminal, so I'm, I'm guessing here, but I'm assuming... Shadow, shadow organization matters a lot less on Gamma Wave because you're already just boxed into a corner. Um, so I would, I would assume that that would be less useful there. But yeah, it's probably also character dependent. Like if you're bringing the the criminals that are more fighty or if you're just 100% going for a scenario play, you probably don't play Cruelty. But I think everyone agrees that Criminal Syndicate is a parasitic faction. If you are playing criminals, you're probably not playing anything else. Because they eat up a lot of character slots, they eat up a lot of roster slots for tactics cards, and they kind of force you into very specific scenario missions that are good for them. And so you probably don't have enough room in your roster to get a whole second affiliation in. So you're probably on the criminal plan the whole way. Now you might have different plans within your criminal roster to do criminals in different ways, but you're not going to be like, here's my criminals and X-Men list, like that's not going to happen. Like, because you have two very parasitic factions that don't like playing with others. Yeah, and their cards are so good. Sense. Yeah, the tactics cards are so good. You yeah. you either want to use them or not. Like, yeah, and I don't know. Every time I've seen criminals, they basically always have all three. So you're only playing with five slots, and so there's no way you get a second affiliations card in. Mm-hmm. 
So unless you're playing like Black Order or something, and even then you wouldn't have enough character slots. So um, I think this is probably a six. It's above average. It's strong. Like this, this is definitely an include if you're playing criminals, unless you're completely off the fighting plan. If you're just a hundred percent on like web warrior level, I want to win on scenario. Um, okay, so I'll give it a five because I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it guarantees anything. Um, but it's cool. I'll give it that. I'll give it a five for coolness. Well, think about it like this, because you don't have to, like, you don't even have to damage them, do you? You do have to damage. So if you damage an enemy, you get another attack. So if you, if I just told you two power, you get an extra attack. Like, wouldn't you play that card? Not for a tactics like, slot, though. That's a lot. You don't think so? Nah, not with the... All right. Yeah, All I right. just I just don't see it. How about this? The ability to to, like, almost guarantee you can clear off a point. It's like one-on-one on a flank holding a secure, and my guy basically has three attacks because of cruelty to, like, get you to not count for the turn. Yeah, it's not a... I mean, it, it it's an attack, but it's a five... To, I, I'm still not sold. It's just an extra attack. If it's a, I would much rather if it's get a, a one, throw if it's or a, a stagger. I was like, if it's a one-on-one against Criminal Syndicate, it doesn't matter because it only counts as two. Well, two-on-one then. Yeah. Like yeah, you, I mean... You, it, know, it's, you know what I'm talking about. If it's going to break yeah. the... If it's going to get you a point. Yeah, it, the like problem is, to, to me, it's just right a, it's a standard attack, and that doesn't guarantee anything. It's um, fair. That's I, a fair I, argument. I'd rather have a throw. Heave Ho is okay. better. No, it's not. <laughs> he, you and your buddy, that could just be a character that could throw? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I somehow have two characters in one spot, neither of them can throw, but this is something I care about. Rocket ran up you and helped. idiot. I'm helping. Yeah. How about instead of including Heave Ho, you include characters that have throws? <laughs> Fucking moron. <sighs> anyway. My Heave Ho list isn't built yet. I find it hard to believe that you put 10 characters in a roster and none of them had a throw. And at any point, you said, I should have a throw. And then you put Heave Ho on the list. You're like, fixed it. Like, yeah. no one has ever done that. <laughs> oh, my God. I shouldn't need Fucking more than one throw. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god. It only <laughs> works one time! Yeah. Ah! Like, if cruelty was printed on a character's card, uh-huh. how good would cruelty be? Whereas Hevo is printed on multiple characters' cards, and they're not even good. That was actually like, that was actually what I was going to, to say is cruelty's the only character that kind of has cruelty uh is Crystal now, because oh, she right. just gets to drop an extra attack. Oh. But Crystal has to pick a different attack, and it, but also costs it costs four. it costs one more power, but you don't have to damage earlier in the turn. So two more power. Does her her ability cost four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's three. Okay. Elemental onslaught is okay. four. So it costs two more power, but it doesn't require you to have damaged anybody already. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it's similar to this. Like she's the only character in the game right now that can spend power to just get an extra attack. Um, yeah. So I think I think this is a five for that reason. Like giving it to anybody is cool, but it's a five. Because that ability is just fine. All right, five it is. Yeah, the attack isn't spectacular. It's just a good, it's cool. a decent extra attack. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. What if they All gave right, it, moving on? They we, should have gave it to Kingpin and made it a card like Magneto's, where he just gets to play it every round. Oh, that'd be fucking sweet. Ooh. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense because I like, don't care. It'd be awesome. Cruelty is okay. How about this? If Bullseye had this instead of his stupid pin pin cushion yes. or, whatever, or the auto damage thing. Then he would be a good yep. character, but as is, 
Bullseye is terrible. He doesn't have that. Okay, moving on. He's such a piece of shit. All right, uh, moving on to Shadow Organization. Yeah, we've we've talked about this card three times already. Yeah, we should have just done it in reverse order. The King of the Criminal Syndicate Tactic Cards. Parker, go. It's a reactive card. Only during the power phase, any number of allied Criminal Syndicate characters can spend two power immediately. Enemy characters must be within two... Oh, sorry, range two of the characters that spent power to target them. So basically, super stealth for a whole round. Yeah. They've talked about X Force having a card like this, and oh man, if they do. Because X Force looks like it's going to have a lot of range components in it, as where criminals don't have a huge amount of range, but they've got some. But it's like criminals is. I always forget because they're, they're like a weird hodgepodge of people. Let me. I'm going to check real quick just so I can see the list. So I know it's like Kingpin Crossbones. So one of the biggest problems with that card is the fact Bingo. that... Killmonger, yeah. With criminals, a lot of times you want to cover all of them, but it turns out that uh, usually two models are not criminals that are in your list, um, mm-hmm. and they don't get the protection from this. And also 50% of the time, you don't need it. It's kind of... Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, you know what I mean? Like... But that, that's it. a that's a list choice. That he's like, oh, my opponent is like all melee. Like, I don't need this. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, then you just don't you don't put it in your five. Um, but yeah, probably just having it in your eight will mean that your opponent will lean heavily towards melee mm-hmm. if they're paying attention, uh, which is fine because again, your tactics cards are affecting the play of your opponent without spending power. Like, that's a good thing. Mm. Also, you have characters like Taskmaster in your list that he would love for people to come closer because he's going... Yeah, just forcing the the issue. Yeah. It's like, yeah, come over here. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, Taskmaster Tass, um, would love for people to get up close and try to deal with his three power worth of nonsense. So, think of it this way. Also, you never have to spend two power for crossbones to play this card. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know why? Oh, God. Please just tell me. Because you weren't dumb enough to play crossbones! <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Uh, no, but really because he, he has aggressive and nobody wants to shoot him for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's like, yeah, I shot that guy. He took one damage and walked towards me. That was great. <laughs> like, yeah, it was fun. Um, but yeah, also you didn't play crossbones. So, uh, this is an amazing card. Uh, yeah, I was going to say when, when Modok and Taskmaster have both have this card at the same time, you're just like, Ugh. like you, Modok should not be allowed to play this, but card. he does, like, so yeah, dumb. but he really does. Dumb. It's real dumb. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, great. Modok really card. needed to be way harder to kill. The fact that you can protect, uh, the fact that you can protect your leader who likes to be up, you know, on points, and Modok and Taskmaster, like the fact those three by themselves, if they get six power or in the game and they play this on turn three, ugh, it's just so hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think we're all going to agree this is an amazing card. It forces your opponent to make decisions they don't want to make. Like, uh, do I walk into range to punch you or just let you shoot me? <laughs> like, it's just a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's brutal. This is a brutal, brutal card. If you play it right, uh, it's going to swing the game hard. Um, so let's see. Uh, you were saying that there's commonly characters in your list that can't play it because it is criminal only. Um Wow, it's surprising. This isn't bold texted. Usually they bold text the affiliation name. Oh, well. Weird. Um, trying to think. Who do you, do you... You've played a little bit of Criminals. Who do you usually bring in as, like, a mercenary? Is there anyone specific or just people? Honestly, I can't remember. Um, 
Okay. I, I always want to bring crossbones, if... but I always put someone else in there, and I don't know. Good choice. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just thinking, if you know in advance that you know shadow organization is going to be a big part of your strategy, that should affect the characters you're choosing to bring in. They should either, A, not mind being heavily targeted on turn two, or be okay standing back. Uh, like I was saying, like bringing uh, Spider-Gwen in is, I think, a decent choice, because she stands so far behind that she's probably not getting heavily targeted anyway. And then she can save, like, if you're having to fight through Shadow Organization and Lifesaver, God, that's a nightmare, right? <laughs> that is really bad. Because you're like, oh, I finally got to, like, Modoc or Crossbones or, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kingpin. And then he like, ha, spend action, move, attack, gain another move action, sweets, and I move away, I guess. Like, it's just like you wasted entire activation. Yeah. Just fucking moving around. It's It's pretty crippling. Uh, so for numbers, uh, this has got to be at least a seven, right? Does it make an eight? You think? I think a that's se- a good card. It it is a good card, um, and it is for criminals who want the ability for that ability. Uh, it, a low eight, high seven. What is that? I mean, I can go either way. That's a that's an eight. We like that. We Parker, like let's eight. break a tie here. Uh, so. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much at an eight anyway, but yeah, I'm like seven and a half. Jeremy said seven and a half. Parker, eight. Do we, yeah, we round up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean that that again is a completely not okay unaffiliated card. So saying that well, it's only criminals. Like that's not really a justification because there's no way this card could be printed as unaffiliated. Uh, like it has uh-huh. to be also faction. Also, only criminals is kingpin. Uh, Taskmaster and Modoc, <laughs> like that's Modoc melee, yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I say I just, just for the record, uh, it's Bullseye, Crossbones, Green Goblin, Killmonger, who likes to be protected, right, Kingpin, Modoc, and Taskmaster, mm-hmm. and I believe we're gonna get a couple more of them at some point. Uh, mainly, Probably I think, May. Uh, Mysterio's, I think Mysterio's gonna get added. Uh, if he's not already, isn't he? He's a criminal, isn't he? Uh, Shadowcat and Mysterio, I think, are both criminals, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're getting more characters, we know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think an eight's pretty fair. Uh, and again, it seems like we're going to put putting some high numbers out today, but these are the affiliated-only cards, and I'll, we went through a lot of bad ones. Uh, ooh, Defenders. The Lone Defenders card. I did... Uh... The Pentagram of Far Away, as Jason likes to call it. The what? <laughs> I can't remember Farlay. <laughs> Oh, he calls it the oh. pentagram of far away. That's funny. <laughs> and I was like, why do you call it that? He's like, I thought that's what it said. It's like, no, it's not far away. Yeah, it's actually Isn't fair there a in Shrek? If you wanted to, yeah. Isn't that in Shrek, the kingdom of far away? Far, far away? <laughs> yeah, it's far, far away. Yeah. You got it. So uh, def- uh, pentagram of far Allah is another way to pronounce it. Uh, Defender is reactive. During the power phase, Doctor Strange or Wong may spend two to play it. They place a mystical token within one of that character, then place another mystical portal token within uh, range five of the same character at any time during a character, so that's anyone's activation, while within one of the portal token, you may spend one power only once per turn to immediately be placed within one of the other. So basically you make a wormhole on the Uh, board next to Wong or Doctor Strange and... For one power, That's anybody not what can it use says. it. I just read it. Read, read the last line again. You, you said it wrong. 
while within one of a mystical mystic portal, it may spend one power once per turn to be placed within one of another mystic portal. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. You said within one of the other. It's one of another. Oh, that's right. So if there's more Mystic Portal tokens, they can do it again. Yes. Yeah. And so it's already been confirmed that both players play Pentagram of Far Away. <laughs> uh, you get to place within <laughs> one of any of the other tokens. Yeah. So it's not really a wormhole. It's a portal to another dimension. You can pop up. If there's only one other portal, it's, it's a two-way, you know, it's a two-way digestive. Yes. Yeah, it's just one. Bob Shaloshan. Um, so I know how I'm going to play this card. I propose a uh, a game with six players. All of us play defenders, and we all put to pentagrams of far away down, <laughs> so that the board is basically open for us to do whatever we want for the rest of the game. Ooh, <laughs> very relevant conversation. Uh, so we're playing through the ultimate encounters on our battle reports right now. The only one I've got in the can right now is the Ultron on normal difficulty. But since we're playing through here, obviously having multiple characters from multiple affiliations is when this gets really spicy. Mm. So that might be it. Like playing defenders just to get this card in your tactics cards during an ultimate encounter might be very good. Mm. Like, you know, having two factions worth of characters being able to jump all over the table, like that might be really powerful in a multiplayer game. Interesting. So you might want to think about that when you're list building for the Hulk encounter. Mm. Speaking of the Hulk, um, I've played this card a lot, uh, but the most fun I've had with it is when I played my Peekaboo Hulk list, which is defenders with Hulk and Wong and obviously Doctor Strange. Uh, And so it's basically just all the healing plus Hulk. Can Hulk actually be good? And the answer is no, but you play Vapors on Hulk, so you get to reroll all their attack dice coming in on him, or at least most of their attack dice coming in on him. So it's a massive damage reduction. Uh, but you put Hulk kind of out in the middle, let him take a little bit of damage, and then you heal him up after that happens because Wong and Doctor Strange can both heal. And then you also have Field Dressing and, and Patch Up in the list. Then, last activation of your turn, you send Hulk through the portal, max distance forward, and you hit their back line. And, but you do it as the last thing for the turn. And so they'll get to activate a character. Then you'll go again next turn. Hulk activates again and and then does whatever he wants to do and then comes back through the portal. Meaning that they have to now go move to the portal and go through it to come attack Hulk while you heal him back up. It's quite hilarious. I don't know that it's good. It's definitely not won me many games, but it is hilarious. Because most people just have never had that happen. And so it's like, I gotta go get Hulk. So they run forward and then whoever hasn't gone yet gets hulked. And then they turn around and run backwards, and then Hulk goes back, and they're like, damn it! So they have to run back to Hulk, and it's very funny. And then next turn, you know, you just start hopping in wherever it's most valuable. Because when he gets to place range 5, and then place range 2, he can basically get wherever he wants. Like, there is no place Hulk can't get. So, on a, uh, what's happening currently, one of the things that's happening during the TTS leagues, and what people have talked about um, with Hulk is a first turn send Hulk through on cubes because mm-hmm. Hulk can grab many cubes. So yeah. he can grab a cube, jump through, grab the opponent's cube, and then be a dick. Um, yeah. And there's not a lot you can do about that. I mean, you can try and kill Hulk, but there's also an arrest of an army. Um, let's see. Hulk gets what? Yeah, Hulk can get two cubes. Mm-hmm. 
but then Hulk's like in your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, so he jumps through, right? Mm-hmm. And then he gets the cube. Then he has to move twice to get the next cube, right? Or does he just move once? No, he he only he can move twice after he grabs their cube. So he gets your cube, then takes your opponent's cube, jumping through, then can move back twice. Can you get to the enemy cube yeah. with just a range five place? Range five place on large base, yeah. So it's it's oh, a dick move. No, it's something it's, they it's do. It's not range five. It's not a range five place. It's range five of Doctor Strange. Yeah. And then you place the portal, and then he's placing. So it's actually like a range seven place. Yeah, that's it's really why my big. Math is off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forget that sometimes. That's something that I haven't seen done. Like I, I haven't tried it, and I haven't seen it. But it's actually the, the other thing. Pretty you scary. Can, I was gonna say the other thing you can do is he can check. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can check two of the alien ship extracts on turn one if you play anger management. Because he ends up with, like, five power, I think it is, with anger management, if you want to. And so he moves forward, checks a point, leaps, checks the other point. Uh-huh. Sorry. Moves forward, leaps, checks, moves, checks. Do, um... So, is do you, do you need cubes for it to happen because of the deployment type of cubes? Because... Just the... Because, like... Yeah, it's... Which, which... The number of extracts, mainly. Yeah. And also... Cubes is one that if you... you can have multiple, and Hulk gets benefit from being damaged. So it's yeah. it's win-win with Hulk and Cubes. And he, he, he also gets more power, which is awesome. Right. So you're not reliant on him getting attacked to become valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it might be possible. I'd have to check the map. But if you can get to theirs with just the place, you should be able to get three Cubes. So actually you because... can. You can get three. That's the yeah, trick. Yeah, you get the, you like, let's say you're on the left side. You get the enemy left, then you get the, you move once, get the center, move again, get your left. So he gets three cubes on top of one. Mm-hmm. That would actually be viable. So, yes. Uh, especially if you're playing defenders, because you could actually heal him enough to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might try that. But, again, you have to choose extract or your opponent has to play cubes. But who the fuck plays cubes? It's such a bad scenario. For this exact reason, it's only good if you can exploit it. It is. Yep. So it's good with this setup or with, like, Asgard because they get to just heal the cube damage if they want. So they get to decide if they want more power or not, which is great for them. Mm-hmm. So that's out there. Um, you can do that only because yeah, no, Pentagram. That's, that's good. That's a good point. Pentagram exists. You can do that. And if you're not ready for it, you've lost the game. You've lost the game. Like, Yeah. I mean, this is, like, half the reason to play Defenders, right? Because this card is better than their affiliation bonus. Oh, for sure! Like, this this is why you play Defenders, because Doctor Strange is great out of out of Defenders. This is just the, the question, is do you want Pentagram? Mm-hmm. And I have played not Brotherhood to get Pentagram before, so it is very good. Yeah. I think it's one of the few cards in the game that you have to play around it the entire game even before it's played and after it's played. Mm -hmm. It does not stop. Um, I will say that if you don't play against people that play Pentagram and you don't play Pentagram, you need to make an active effort to get practice against it. Uh, And hopefully against someone who knows how to use it really well, because this is a huge skill cap card. This card, because it works both ways, it's not just your models that get to use it. Uh, you need to have experience playing this. You need to know about different situations that come up because the it is not obvious how this card's going to play out. Uh, and it because every small decision change on where you put it dramatically affects the the later 
portions of the game in like a, a butterfly effect, like a rippling. It's like if you have a bad placement with pentagram and you don't take advantage of it in the right way, or you get you allow your opponent to take advantage of it, you're opening it up for your card actually benefiting your opponent, which is going to swing the game real hard. And um, you can't so make yeah. it go away. No, yeah, this is permanent. <laughs> it is game long. One of the few Texas cards that is permanent. Like You play this card, there are now tokens there. Um, also, it's much like Mayor Fisk uh, vows to find missing witnesses scenario. If you haven't played that scenario, you need to get practice because it's someone's going to blindside you with it and it's going to be bad. It's very similar to the Cherogenesis and Miss mission that just came out. So you should get practice on one or both of those. And then also you need to get practice with this. This is one of the few cards that dramatically changes the way the game is played. Um, so uh, eight, seven maybe? I don't want to go too high on this because of how hard it is to play and because you're, it is one of the few cards that can be turned against you really easily. I think it has a skill cap that is so high on what you can do with it. Hmm. I mean, even not ever playing it, you've played it. Like, you can play this card without ever even dropping it. Just the fact that you have it. I mean, yeah. I'm putting this at an eight. It's an eight easy. It. We sat there and had an entire discussion of how horrifying it is without even talking about playing it. Like, it is that strong mm -hmm. on a character that is also very, very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say it's an eight after seeing it played against me. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it was an eight before the game? Uh, No. Show me yeah. on Doctor Strange where it touched you. That's about where I thought. All right, so let's get into the next one. Defenders. Uh, sorry, Guardians. Crew the Guardians. bottom. We're going to speed up a little bit here. Yep. We've, we've been through a lot of complicated cards today. So. All right, so Crew of the Milano is um, active card. Any number of Guardians can play uh, this card to spend one power. Uh, each character that spends power removes all special conditions and cannot suffer special conditions this round. All right. Um, very low on the totem pole. Uh, this is, it sounds great, uh, but the, the big important part of this card for me is cannot gain them uh, because that's fairly unique. Um, this is basically uh, Peter Quill food. I mean, no, I don't think I've ever seen this card actually played outside of one game maybe. And it was because, what was I playing? I was playing all webbed up. So he played it to prevent all webbed up, which is a very legitimate use for this. That was card, me. But yeah. <laughs> it's just not important. Like it's it's sure it's probably better than the X Men version, Children of the Atom, but it's uh, just very meh. Mm -hmm. It's not super super important. Uh, it, I was gonna say it's a counter card. It's like a it's like it's a, it's a counter meta but, card or a counter card. If you see what your opponent's doing, if you if you have a plan for it, then it's really strong. But otherwise, it is it is is really strong against very particular matchups. Like if it was that Bash Bros list we were playing for a while, where it's basically centered around getting everyone judged and then everyone uh, stunned. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, that's you know a better situation to play it, but it's just so rare that you're in that situation. Right. Like first off, your character has to be attacked by an enemy effect that actually applies negative effects. Then you have to not get dazed or KO'd by the effect or before you activate. Then you have to activate the character before any of this matters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, sure, that happens one in ten times. I don't know. It's just, it's really cool that cards like this are in the game. And I think this is uh, what the majority of the cards of the game should be. They should be helpful situational cards that will get you out of bad spots if you plant right. 
but I, I yeah, this is not a powerful card. Yep. This is this is basically taken to throw away to get uh, wing it tokens. That's that's what this card is. I specifically remember everyone saying, it's like, yeah, I only take this for wing it tokens because I feel bad throwing away other cards. I'm like, yeah, that's that means it's not a good card. Yeah, why are you doing that? Yeah. I always play it All in, right. in, uh, my, I... in my anti-bleed um, Guardians list. That way I, I can't get... Oh, your anti-bleed? Yeah, my anti-bleed <laughs> prevents it. Uh, I'm going to go with a four. I was headed at a four, too. I'll just say it. It's fine. I, I also believe it's a uh, four. In agreement. Next up's going to be Lovable Misfits. Okay, so here's another one. Let me take a big, deep breath. Yeah. Here we go. Get it. Uh, it's an active card. Any number of guardians spend one power to play simultaneously. And then each character that played rolls one dice. If that character rolled a crit or a wild, they may immediately either make an attack with a power cost of zero or immediately gain two power. If they rolled a hit, enemy characters within range three of that character holding or contesting an objective suffer one damage. If they roll a blank or a block, they may immediately advance short. If they roll a skull, the character that rolled the skull and all other characters within range two gain stun. Complete each character's roll in the order of your choosing before moving to the next. So the interesting part of this is the most common result is advance short, and the most uncommon result is stun all characters within two. Uh, everything else is an even chance. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously it's chaos, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we, we know it's chaos. You cannot plan around this. Uh, now, there are times, because two of the effects affect enemy models within range two or three. Mm -hmm. The other effects uh, either let you move or attack people. So you can make educated guesses. Uh, this is probably a card you need to get some reps with so you know how to position your characters to get maximum effect out of it. But being that the most common result is advance, then obviously that's probably going to be what's happening most often. And it, your positioning probably doesn't matter a lot if your bonus is advance. Um, yeah, it's a solid card. I, I, see, I, love, I love this card uh, because for the randomness you get, uh, you only cost one power. And one power is so easy to do in this game. Um, sure. The fact that you can get... Uh, the fact that all the effects, even the one that causes stun on yourself, is... <laughs> by the way, if you play level of Misfits and Crew the Milano, you won't be stunned. <laughs> so... <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. did it. You just, did it. Just, just, That's where two Tactus cards and two power each on my characters, so I don't stun myself. I'm just saying <laughs> wow. it's a thing that All exists. Right. Parker, you're done. You're done. Uh, I'm not saying you. <laughs> no more I'm not saying you. you should do it. But if for some reason you rolled a whole bunch of skulls and points, then you're like, oh shit! I just you, accidentally you know, stunned. You get to see if you stun yourself first. Right. Okay. Yeah, what I'm saying is, if you stun Angela, if, if it's Groot's activation and you stun Angela and you need Angela to not be stunned, you know this later for the turn, well then you can sure. right then immediately remove it. So you're in a faction that or, actually can deal with it. I understand what you're saying. So when do you play it, I'm just trying to get to the point where we talk about relevance. It, it's, a, it's functionally, it's func basically, it's functionally everything is effective for one power. Um even the thing that says you can do an attack, if you can't actually do an attack with a character like Groot with the I mean, short ranges. If you're within range, too. Yeah. The problem with this card is, you think about the list you're playing. 
Because if either Groot or Rocket roll a skull, both of them are stunned. That is bad. Yeah, so yeah, rolling rolling a skull is not a fantastic solution. It, but if yeah. but if but but in this particular faction, it would basically it forces them to spend a power. Um, right. Also, if Groot rolls a crit or a wild, that's basically a no gain because he doesn't need power and he doesn't get to attack very often because he's usually not standing in melee range when you when you're playing this card. I would think maybe your opponent has like rushed you and run past all your other people and he's just standing next to Groot. Sure, it's possible. Um, but more often than not, he's probably just going to gain two power if you roll that result. Um, Groot and Rocket don't want to roll a hit because there's probably not enemies within three for the same reason. Uh, blank or block, actually pretty helpful for them. And then obviously Skull is super bad because you're probably going to hit both of them if either of them roll it. So your two, in my opinion, your two most important characters for your roster um, don't actually like this card very much. Obviously Rocket loves the Critter of the Wild because a free attack on Rocket is amazing. But it just seems like the risk for reward on this is like subpar for those two specifically. Now, other characters like Drax and Gamora, if you're playing her, Nebula, Angela, um, Angela, all like most of the effects. Mm -hmm. And so the value goes up a lot with them. But I think, in my opinion, the reason the list works, and it's not just running at you with melee figs, is because you have the anchor of Rocket and Groot in the back. And that's such a powerful module in combined with the efficient melee and short-range characters that you have. Then... And so I'm just saying that this card isn't amazing. It's not always gravy, is all I'm saying. I think that I think that there's definitely a situation in which you're looking at Rocket, Rocket and Groot, and you're going, "I'm not going to spend one power on these guys because I, the the sure. there's no, it's not going to it's not going to help them." And um, for that for yeah, that reason, Lovable Misfits is not it's not a cosmic invigoration, right? It's not a dark rain. Sure. Um, but the fact that it is. I was when I was reading the card the first time I read it I was like oh wow so there there's a really negative consequence on here and I read it again I was like wait a minute there's not a it's really not bad, negative no. consequence on here stuns not that yeah. bad if you're especially if you're especially if your character already has a bunch of power right like and, or if they're almost dead like it it really doesn't matter that much anyway uh for the ratings uh I give this a four I'll also give it a four I think this card is a definition of a six. In my opinion, I think it's slightly above average because it only costs one power. Uh, it doesn't have any range uh, qualification. It's super unqualified. But how does so? How does this increase your odds of winning the game by playing this card? That my only my only argument against this being a good. I think you play it. I think it gets played. I think it, it does good things. But this is taking up a valuable slot in your roster, and the fact that you don't know what's going to happen when you play it means it's not great. Like it's. I think it's below average, but it had because it's random. If it if you got to pick the effect, yeah, it'd be like a seven or an eight probably because it's cheap and you get good effects off of it. But it's like, how often are you going to play this card and like you didn't get any of the effects you really wanted on the people you wanted them on? Like to me, like, it would the be... fact that you could play this and bad things happen is just silly. It's like like this is not a powerful card. So. To me, it's it you know it, it's much better spent as three rerolls for Rocket. Like, I, yeah. I can't see because I, I, the value I, yeah, is can't. higher. And and granted, I played this card to good effect. Like it worked great when I played mm -hmm. it. But in a game where usually the right answer is just do the throw, it's automatic damage instead of fuck around. Usually that's in the my answer. opinion the. 
the absolute best case scenario for this card is it's just Wakanda forever. Like the absolute outside mm-hmm. chance that you roll crits and wilds on everybody, it's just Wakanda forever. It's like, okay. It's like there are cards better than this card in other affiliations that are just good. Like they're not crazy, they're just good. Well, I would give Wakanda forever more than a six. I wouldn't give Wakanda forever a five. Right, but that's because it's a 25% chance for each character to get Wakanda forever. But the other options are not nothing. Like, they're not zero. It's not like Wakanda Forever or nothing. But it's not even that you you need Wakanda Forever. It's that you know what Wakanda Forever is going to do. You can make a plan. When you go to play level Misfits, like, who knows if your plan's going to get better or worse as you play the card. Like, that's... It's just so crazy that, like, you can't control the outcome of this effect. That's why I'm ref- I don't want to go higher. Because you can't plan around this card. Now, part of the fun is that your opponent can't plan around the card, but it's like, I need to get to that point. Lovable misfits. Oh, I stunned myself. Oops. Like, or it's like, I get to attack. Well, that doesn't get me to that point. Like, I'm still not in range. Like, Drax gets an attack when he's not within range too, because you wanted it in advance. Or, you know, Groot gets an advance when he has to stand next to Rocket, or God forbid, stuns Rocket. Like, there's a, there's bad things that can happen, and the, the, the odds of you getting a better effect is you know, more likely, but you're also like, so there is a good part and it's probably more likely than not, you're going to get a positive effect in general, but some of your characters have a chance of getting negative effects too. And some of the effects just won't do anything. That's it's, it's just like, yeah, you're getting some reward. Yeah, there is risk. And there's a lot of mediocreness in the middle. Like, yeah, it's not expensive, but it's taking up a valuable slot. That that's where I have the problem with it. I, I'm going to, I want to stick with, uh, um, I still don't think it's average. I think it's above average. I'm going to stick with my six. I, I I think that it's an above average card. I don't. They're so because of the way I think Guardians plays. I think it's I think it's a six. I think they would appreciate it happening more than rerolls. I think, but the fact that you could turn it into rerolls means if you never get the opportunity for it to be useful, then you have something to do with it. I I don't think it's a seven or an eight, but I think it's a six. All right. So me and Jeremy said four. Parker says six. Uh, moving on to Inhumans, we have Inhuman Royal Family. So the Inhuman Ro- we're gonna, the Inhuman Royal we're gonna blaze through these because these guys. <laughs> the Inhuman Royal Family uh, have have uh, any uh, it's active card. Any number of allied Inhumans can pay two power each. Uh, once this round, each character that spent power may re-roll any number of dice in any one of their attack or defense rolls. It's fucking phenomenal. It's ridiculous. The card is so dumb. It's bo- One re-roll each on... Any attack. Attack or defense, yeah. right? It is, yeah. it is super dumb that that costs two power. Um, in a faction that every character that's an inhuman also re-rolls one dice. So you'll re-roll any number of dice and then re-roll any one more dice. It's it mm-hmm. makes one of your rolls that turn so so consistent. There's like I can't I don't know of another faction that makes as consistent a, a dice turn as Inhumans do because of this card. It's like there I, I, there is not one. I, I don't think there is a, a a faction that can. There, there is. It's it's Cabal. It's better than this. Yeah. Dark Rain plus Modok and Magneto is is far superior to these rerolls. Uh no no I don't think so. It's not. Because the no no but, you're just doing it to one model with dark rain yeah and, and on dark and like you said with dark rain you're like okay I spent I spent the power on dark rain and Magneto attacked you once that was it 
Like that was the the it attacked you once you you yeah, dazed I, you. I accidentally it. killed you with one attack. Right. That, that seems worse. I agree. Yeah. No, it is. It's one hundred percent unhealthy. It's you have an unhealthy worse. obsession with hating and humans. That's what your problem is. No, I mean the, this is a good effect. I'm not saying this card is not good. He just, he just said specifically, it's like there's there's no one that mods dice better. It's like literally in humans do better. I think I think uh, not not in humans. Uh, I think Cabal's dice mods when they want to is better than this. So when you look at beam attacks, functionally, they've got some of the best beam attacks, really really good ones, and being able to do that with the beam attacks is kind of sick. Like Crystal's beam attack and Black Bolt's beam attack. Actually doing this on Black Bolt with his beam attack becomes crazy. I would say... Like two guys and the reason why... Black Bolt's beam attack is just sick. With still that. only one rule. One but, roll. It's not both attacks. Right. Yeah, the beam doesn't... It doesn't affect both beam Oh, that's true. It does one not. attack roll. Yeah, yeah it's but, just one. But the, the fact... I The reason why I would say the dark... The only way that Dark Rain gets more mileage is if you're dark raining exactly Hulk or She-Hulk because you'll probably actually need multiple characters and multiple attacks over the turn before... Or, or Thanos or Magneto or any of the characters you like actually need to kill. But or Magneto, like, Mag- they're, they're Magneto, has, Magneto has six health. Magneto has six health. You will kill him... Magneto has eight health on the back. Cool. So if, you're, if Magneto's on his backside and at that point of the game you still haven't used Dark Rain then yes, Dark Rain is going to allow you to kill him in two character activations as opposed to three, which is going to be really so important in the late game. However, I'm just telling to be clear, you... We're talking about literally You can interrupt me right now, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop talking. Inhuman, <laughs> the Inhuman Royal Family card is going to give you more, I think, in the early game with a ridiculous flexibility on top of a faction that already re-rolls one dice always. I think it allows you to mod dice in a way that is... For one turn mod, I don't. I don't think another faction can get just as much consistent dice. So we're talking about four total attack rerolls, and one of them is on a strike because the dog only has one attack. I mean, so yeah, if you're using it on defense, if you're saying it's it's more flexible because you can use it on defense, then yeah, I agree. Yeah. But the the attack dice mods are. I still say Dark Rain is better, but. I, I can understand if we disagree that that makes sense. Like I see your point of view, although. But I'm just saying, like the when you when you need the mods, you generally need it in one place, and so dark rain is, I think, better. And the the like when you're looking at, yeah, I need to kill something and I need help killing it. I think dark rain is better. Mm-hmm. Inhuman royal family is a better general card, but it, as a I need a huge amount of dice mods in one place. Like I think that's better. I do. I I agree with you that. Generally, and I do agree with this actually 100 that in this game, generally you're trying to remove one character in a turn. That's generally kind of what you get, and then two characters is yeah. gravy. Um, and the the problem being that you sorry I keep interrupting. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but the the problem is like okay, I need to deal with X. I play Inhuman Roll of Family. You get one reroll before your opponent activates mm-hmm. at max. Mm-hmm. That's how the card works. So then your opponent goes and stuff happens. And then uh, with Dark Rain, you can get up to, you can get at least two attacks on your target, just just straight out of the gate. And then as long as they're alive, you get to keep rerolling. Mm-hmm. And so its potential is much higher. This has a much lower floor, and it's more versatile. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those are the differences in the cards. And so I, I can understand if you prefer this one. The other thing that is really nice about the Inhumans in specifically is since they also all have the single dice reroll, you can get, mm-hmm. you can fine tune that one roll you need that turn from each, you know, either a defense yeah. or offense. Uh, 
I remember in, in the game that I played it, and I played in Human Royal Family, I was like, oh man, I get to re-roll exactly what I want to do. <laughs> like, I will... I yeah. will get to do my rerolls as I want to do it this turn, either on attack or defense. Um, it was, it's not, it, it is super, I found it to be super strong. Uh, I was thinking back to X-Wing days. Uh, this is like having Predator and a target lock and getting to use both of them, which is illegal in that game because of how efficient that dice roll is. That's way, way too efficient of dice mod. You can't keep just modding dice in that game. Um, and this game lets you keep modifying the same dice, which is so strong. Almost like they realized what was wrong with X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that that's one. That's the other reason why the Inhuman Royal Family, I think, is super strong card. Although I will say uh, one check against it is it does cost two on every character that wants to use it, whereas you know something like mm-hmm. Cosmic Inveration costs three total, and this one could cost you know eight to get the full yeah. efficiency off of it, which is a bunch. Um, it's a lot. So, yep. But yeah, when when I was disagreeing with you on like this being the best card, I'm looking at it from the point of view it's like when you have something that you have to accomplish and you need a card's help. I'm I'm thinking about like who you're attacking and it's like yeah, if you're attacking if you're just having a good turn, this is a great card. Mm. If you just want to have a good like strong turn too, but you still have to have power on everybody and like Lockjaw's the only one that gets an exceptional amount of power. Mm. Uh I mean this is a good I guess we're at numbers. I sorry you're waiting on me. Uh probably 7. It's good. It's very few downsides. The biggest number of downsides is there's only four inhumans, probably. Yeah, I, I would also say a seven. A seven is probably where it needs to be. Sounds good. Wait, hold on. Don't... Ronin, but Ronin and Beast, right? There's six, there's six. Oh, shit, I forgot that they're inhumans. Yeah. yeah. That's Beast will yeah, have so power you have to, to play the it. garbage characters, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Beast will, Beast will be fine. And Ronin will definitely. Ronin will, Ronin will have power. Yeah, we'll, you'll just stop playing all these bad characters yeah. like, you know, Black Bolt and Karnak yeah. and Crystal. And... <laughs> when Karnak's in the game, yeah. He'll be bad. Uh, actually, I want to talk about this at some other point, but have we seen uh, so far a character that was printed on the art of a tactics card that hasn't been teased that isn't, like, very recent. Like, I don't think we've actually seen them draw a character on a card that we didn't eventually get, right? I can't think of the, the fa- I went back and the it's famous like, one was, Carnage. Yeah, the famous one was War Machine on drop-off, right? Everyone's like, well, when is that happening? Yeah. Well, we know he's happening. Right, now we have pictures right. of the model. Like, we know he's coming. And then Carnage was another one, and Carnage is coming. Like, I think everyone on a card... I'll have to go back and double check, but I think everyone on the card has been teased or is very new, so we we can't yet say they're not coming. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so Parker, what was your number on this? Uh, I would actually say, um, in this faction, for its efficiency, ah, uh, shoot, I want to give it an eight. I want to give it an eight. I know you do because you love Inhumans, and you. I knew you were going to say eight when you said the name of the yeah. card. <laughs> All right, so seven it is. All right. Next up is Adelan Rising. Is that is that the way you say that Adelan Rising or is it Attila? I think Rising? you have Adelan. I think that's what they usually say it. I w- far, Adelan. far away, far away. Just just for clarity, uh, I have confirmation it is Farley, and the <laughs> second A is silent. Okay. Because in the audiobook I'm listening to that was written by Jim Butcher, and I, I don't remember who voices it, but the he talks to Doctor Strange in the book uh, and. He says it. He mentions Farley okay. multiple times. Okay, cool. Unless you know that random voice actor just didn't know what he was talking about. You're like, like, uh, what was it? 
Oh, uh, I'm listening to another audiobook right now, and it's another Marvel audiobook, and it is uh, he the the inventor used his soldering gun, <laughs> and it was like what the soldering? fuck? Soldering? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ugh! <laughs> like it's like was it Deus or Dias? He said Dias. The uh, Marsters did right. Dias in like yeah. nine separate times. He said yeah. Dias. Every time he like, said Dias, was like stop. Dias. What's a Ugh! like nails on a chalkboard, yeah. or you just didn't know what the fuck yeah. he was talking. For about. the first time, I was like, "What's a Dias? Must be some sort of magic thing." Um, magic. Okay, Adelaide Rising is an Inhuman card. Uh, active. Any injured Inhuman character can play it. All allied Inhuman characters gain one power for each allied injured Inhuman character. So garbage. It's, yeah, it's, I, I found out when I played it, I was like, this is going to be a really cool card. It got me two power. Nope. Yeah. Like, well, even so, it's like, yeah, remember the last time my, your injured character needed more power? Right. Remember that? Yeah. Pepperidge Farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we move on? This is a three at best, right? I mean, sure. There's some chimes that this is going to be useful, but like, K. There's already comeback mechanics in the game that don't take up a fucking tactic yeah. slot. Let's get out of here. <laughs> don't require all your characters to be injured. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I actually Step think one, like, the way the faction plays, everyone. like they have really strong rebound mechanics, mm-hmm. and that's good, but like this card is not required. Right. It certainly has uses, but like your your fucking guys generate a lot of power and their whole thing is power sharing. Like why do you need this card? Yep. Anyway, when I when I played it, it was a big lot of didn't matter. So yeah, you're looking at it like, why isn't this anything yeah. else? Uh, three, Jeremy, number uh, three is fine. I I Parker. actually give it a two. It was very underwhelming. Mm, yeah, I'm personal. gonna give it a three because it is potentially it is potentially a lot of power. Uh, Terragenesis. Ooh, I like All that right. one. Spooky rock ghost space. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I am. I'm imagining. I'm imagining the moment of Terragenesis. You know, we're just it's supposed to be a very holy ritual in in their culture, and they're just like spooky rock. And now we welcome the spooky rock ghost baby. Yeah. Uh, well, you didn't watch Agents of Shield, right? Uh, no, I have not watched Agents. Multiple Terragenesis happen in the show. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really interesting thing that happens because I didn't know Inhumans were a thing when I watched the show. I was like, holy shit, it's turning them to stone! Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god, they're dying! And then, you know, you find out later on Inhumans. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they basically just get petrified by this gas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the end of Ghostbusters. You're like, shit, I guess they're rocks now. Mm-hmm. Like, we just move on. But yeah, it was, it was really creepy. Uh, so, Terragenesis, any, any Inhuman character can uh, spend three to play it on their active turn. Um, and then you choose an enemy character holding a civilian token within three of this character, so they have to be uh, within three, and roll four dice. You deal damage to them uh, equal to normal uh, crits, uh, wilds, and uh, damage rolls. If the enemy character is dazed or KO'd by this damage, you immediately score two victory points. So it's another victory point grabber um, that will also daze... The, or KO the person who's holding the civilian token. So they'll drop the civilian and you score two points. Yep. In a faction with uh, comeback mechanics, yet another comeback mechanic. This time for victory points. This is actually just a good card. Mm-hmm. Um, the good card part is uh, the two victory points. If you just play this to do damage, it's very underwhelming. Right. 
Um, but if you can catch somebody, I almost view this as a better cruelty, right? Like you're basically saying, oh man, I failed to kill you and I really need that thing you're holding. Can I have it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you play this, you're like, please? <laughs> yeah, so. And the problem with this and you're just getting too is. Deep on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, now, it, this is far better than the Counter Strike rolls because your four dice all damage counts. Mm-hmm. This is that's actually a good thing. So you're you're averaging two, not one on four. So it's actually pretty likely to do damage. And who knows, you could spike and do four. Uh, yeah, very good, uh, Jeremy. I like it for both parts of it, um, and even just. Oh shit! I was supposed to give a number first. Sorry. Well. Um, I like it for both parts. Um, just sometimes you got those characters that it's very, very hard to injure them or to hurt them. And being able to throw those last couple points on with uh, um, the crits or whatever, the damage roll is really good. Mm-hmm. And also, if they're holding an objective and getting it for two is really good too. And for a three-point certain... swing, that's awesome. And I was going to say, or, or I was going to say, in certain objectives, the four-victory point swing, like that's huge big yeah if you end up holding the mm-hmm. token um i i'm gonna give it a six i'll give it a five it holds a tactic spot i mean that's a big deal like is it as good as some of the other things i don't know uh unfortunately for me the reason i'm giving it a uh six is i think it's actually amazing the problem is it's a lot like grievous wounds you could get your hopes up and literally nothing happens like, it's not hard to blank out on four, and it's like, even if they have one hit point left, you're like, I just need one hit, spend three power, play tactics card, zero effect. And you're like, man, that sucked. Like, that's the only reason it's probably not higher for me. Like, if it was just says, do two damage to a character with an objective token, like, this is probably an eight. But the fact that it can blank out is really, really disappointing for me. And yeah, taking up a valuable tactic slot. Yeah, for a no effect um, at times is bad. Yeah. I have never gotten Grievous Wounds to have an effect in a game. I've played it like four times. It's so dumb. I stopped taking it. (laughs) Playing Grievous Wounds, it might as well say, pay one power to remove two dice from your dice pool. That might as well be the the text on Grievous Wounds. (laughs) Fuck you, Grievous Wounds. Hey, designers, Will Pagani, I know you're listening. Fucking reprint that card and remove the damage requirement. Why is that not part of the game? Like, how is it that I can play a tactic slot and choose the attack in which I'm attacking and I still can't apply Grievous Wounds? Get out of here. Oh, my God. What a miss. What a huge miss of a tactics card. Mm. All right. So, six. Is that good? You said five. Parker? I, I actually say six because of the opportunity. You may never get to play it. Like, you could bring it and not get yeah. to it. Yeah, the, the restriction also, because you have to, as being in human playing the card, it costs three power, which is not always easy to do if you're trying to kill somebody also. And you have to be with three of an enemy who is holding a... Actually, you know what? I'm going down to a five. I didn't realize I'm it was telling you. token only. Never it's mind. Only yeah, civilian. yeah, five. Yeah. Eight, sorry. Yeah, within three of an enemy that has a civilian token, like, ah, get out of here. Yeah, it's all Because you have to, like, what, what, think about how you're using this. So I have a character that has some power. They're fighting an enemy who has an objective token that's a civilian. Do you attack first? Do you play this card first? Like, what if you attack them and spike and you just kill them? Like, <laughs> I don't even get to play Terra Genesis. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to soften you up so I can Terra Genesis you to kill you. It's like, yeah, and I just killed you by accident. So this card does nothing. Yeah. Can you field dress I'm, them? I'm actually down to a four. So. Can you field dress yeah. them? And then field Terra Genesis? Ha, I got you. Got you, <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Uh, can you do that? I have to check. Field dress? Uh, I don't think so. 
And also, he would drop the token, so it I'm would checking. work. I think it says allied. It does say allied. Um, yeah, pick this up. Here, here. You lay it on their objective. body. You lay it on their body. I play here. last minute. Hold on. Last minute save. Yeah. Last minute save. You're still alive. Terra Genesis. Oh, my God. You can't it's triple stamp a double It's a stamp. S- All right. seven step. Uh, we average victory. out at a five on Terra Genesis. Wakanda forever. I believe we talked about this already. Uh-huh. It's like the good version of Level Misfits. Yep. All right, so ahead. any number of Wakanda characters get to uh, spend one to play uh, the best part of Level Misfits. Each character that spent power may immediately perform an attack with a power cost of zero. And it has to be Wakanda characters. It does have to be Wakanda characters. Um, obviously great uh, getting an attack. Uh, the most important part of this is a lot of the zero cost attacks on Wakandans do stuff mm-hmm. like black panther pushes people shuri. killmonger has pierce shuri pushes people um akoya gets rerolls on her basic attack like lots of good stuff uh storm i believe does shocked on her zero cost attack i think she actually has two zero cost attacks, yep, right she does she has she has the uh the ice blizzard spray thing and then she has the, the lightning bolt um so yeah all very good uh yeah potentially getting what is it is it five it's Five attacks for five power is amazing. Um, well worth the text card. Anybody else got anything to add? I think it's a uh, perfect it's nice faction that, card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also nice that so many of the faction members have like a range attack and just so that they will get it. Even if you're not up close, mm-hmm. you'll you'll get it. Um, it's really easy to see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the two four-pointers that don't have a range attack. And obviously... You know, you're probably playing Wakanda Forever on one of their turns, mm-hmm. so it's basically guaranteed they're going to be in range. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, ooh, so... one, yeah, one of the uh, her her other zero Storm's other zero is a beam attack, even so she could even beam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, probably a minimum of five attacks. For whole five whole power. crud. I, very, I just realized uh, if it did damage, they gain stun. So it's auto, <laughs> it's an auto stun. Oh, it's just on damage. Yeah. It's not on. Yeah, wild. it's an auto nice. stun beam three on a Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever. That's pretty good. Not to mention, potentially Shuri can give you upgrades on all of those. Yep. Like, so all those have potential rerolls in addition to uh, Okoye. Yep. All right, so numbers, uh, this is at least a seven, right? It's in a faction that wants to use it. They have a lot of really good... Ooh, Parker's excited. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I, I, think it, I think a seven's good. The only reason it's not higher is because their damage output is not insane. I think... I'm going to let Jeremy go first. It's his turn. Yeah. Uh, for a faction Jeremy that has a model like Shuri, for the, uh, for the, I mean, like you say, you've already said it. All their attacks do shit. Um, even Killmonger, he has the hit you harder button. And when he does it on his turn, he yep. gets to hit you with his big attack with extra dice. Um, it's yeah. the perfect, it, it's the perfect tactics card. It makes something happen that a lot of those effects are guaranteed. It's really cool. Anyway, that's an eight for me. Yeah. I like it. Killmonger gets Pierce on his basic and gets two extra dice because he's getting an extra attack. So you're getting, it's really plus two dice and a, a Pierce attack. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Black Panther pushes, Shuri pushes, uh, Storm can either shock or I believe slow and has a beam it's option. Koi gets the rule. Um, and then also, um, uh, what's her name? Who am I forgetting? Oh, well, doesn't matter. We've already talked about this. It's great. Uh, so Jeremy says eight. Parker says eight. eight. He's holding up his fingers. He's been doing this yeah. for a while. <laughs> for those right, watching, eight it is. I'm very, ha- very happy coming up to yeah. an eight. Very good card. 
next up is Vibranium Shielding. The sad letdown of the Wakanda faction, mm. but for reasons you probably wouldn't expect. So Vibranium Shielding is um, Black Panther or Shuri uh, can spend X number of power to get an X size bubble around them. Uh, at least one, no more than five. This round, everybody, in uh, all characters and allied characters inside the bubble receive invulnerability, which is they uh, suffer one less damage one. Uh, to a minimum of one. Yep. Uh, so the only reason that this card is uh, not amazing is that, uh, I don't know, you, you basically never play Wakanda as a solo faction, I think. It's, it's actually very good, but it's hard to get that much power early and then spend it. So it, you don't get the power when you need it, I think is the problem. Yeah. I, I was going to say, when I I was so excited for it to be amazing when I played it, and then uh, I looked at the board, I was like, I think I'll only ever get to play this for, like, range three, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, so what's, what sucks about it is if you're playing on Black Panther because you want him to, you know, live longer, then you might just be paying one to give him invulnerability because if anybody's up there with him, like is up there with him for some reason, then, mm-hmm. you know, you have to pay two and now you're giving Akoye invulnerability, which she has only, like, such a low health pool. Like, it's... Like, I was, I was staring at it going, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then you are probably never doing it on Shuri because why is she up close to people? Um, well, but she, she wants to be fairly close for rerolls. So if you can get, like, four power on her... Like, if she rolls a bunch of skulls early... That's true. Then, yeah, you can, like, turn three or turn two, she plays it for, like, four or five, then it's amazing. But it's just not reliable for that to mm-hmm. happen because she commonly blows through her power early. Uh, but honestly, I think this card has value just playing, paying it for one on Black Panther, honestly. Right. Like, just giving Black Panther DR for one power is so good because he can go stand on a point, you know, and, like, that six health on the front becomes, like, ten. And it's punishing. It's so hard to, to knock him down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, as Jeremy discovered, he's so good versus Pierce people because he succeeds on blanks. She was like, oh, I got Sabretooth. Like, Sabretooth does not ever want to see a Black Panther. Like, never see a Black Panther. He will never kill him. Yeah, so I learned sad. the hard way on that one. Um, also, <laughs> Black Panther running around with Killmonger, and then Black Panther sets that off. Like, that's one way to keep your Killmonger alive. Mm-hmm. Like, he Killmonger yeah. will die, but it, putting that up, you're probably going to get an extra turn out of him. Yeah. I like this card, but yeah, it it commonly gets left on the cutting room floor. It just doesn't quite make the list. Because you're looking at Wakanda Forever is obviously in, uh, probably Usurp the Throne, and then you've got your two restricted cards. you got, like, one slot left, and so it's hard to not take one of the other, like, great winners, like Inspiring Monologue or Recal or any other really good generic card. Or, like, who knows, Hired Muscle, because you're probably playing for Scenario. Like, there's so many options. Say, Inspiring Monologue That's... on Black Panther is better? Also, also I was going to say, is that better? I think it's better. But it's less versatile, because you have to play it with someone else, so you have to have another character have three power, mm-hmm. which isn't always, like, guaranteed on turn two. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> like, I, I love Inspiring Monologue, and it would pro- it makes the list for me first. But yeah, I need to I need to give it a try. Uh, does Inspire Monologue right, so... work on dodge rolls? Cool. That's one cool thing about Invulnerability. No. Yeah. Invulnerability works on every enemy effect. Uh, yeah, enemy effects, yeah. yeah. Uh, not bleed. Not bleed. Not that it would Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Give it uh, a rating. 
Yeah, numbers, I think this is probably a five. I think this is the perfect example of a five. I was going to go with a four because it doesn't do anything to win the game. I don't think it does anything to win. Um, not not dying is a way to not lose, though. I don't think that stops you from dying. Black Panther's going to not let you kill him, period. Everybody else. But with this, he's, he's definitely not going to die. <laughs> he's already not dying. Uh, he does. It does things they do more better, Jeremy. More better of the goodness. More better. I, five or a four doesn't matter. I I'll never right, play Parker, that card. Parker, give us break the tie, Parker. I, I will actually say a uh, a four. I will actually say a four. You son of a bitch. And the reason why is there are better generic <laughs> treachery. Thy name is. There are Parker. better generic defensive cards for him. <laughs> Moving on. Dead to me. Uh, next up we have all webbed up. Let's try and blaze through these last few. All webbed up. Web Warriors characters can spend three. Uh, each enemy character within three of the character that spent it immediately gets slow. Uh, and then any allied Web Warriors character attacking any character suffering from slow this round adds two dice to their attack roll. So, um, yeah. Damage buff Very and good. potentially slow. In yeah. a bowl. Uh, it, is, it has utility. Uh, it gives you more dice. It is uh, faction tagged, though. So it is not anyone gets more dice. Uh, so big deal about this one is some characters like Thanos or, um, really Thanos is like the big one, uh, Doctor Strange and Magneto to some level, they have such good defense. Captain America is a great example too. Such good defense that they're almost guaranteed to stop a good chunk of your attack. And so Wakanda Forever against those characters has a lot less value because, Throwing five dice at eight dice or six dice, even though like technically your dice are more valuable than theirs, ha- is just such weak returns that you're really looking for the exceptional spike to happen for you to actually deal meaningful damage. Because if like Captain America with inspiring monologue, or you've got Doctor Strange pumping up his defense and healing, or you've got Thanos just being Thanos, or you've got Magneto with cover and six dice like he's they're stopping so much that your average attack roll of five dice isn't doing anything so what this does instead of giving you higher quantity it gives you higher quality there's not a lot of cards that do this that aren't giant piles of shit so all webbed up on top of a good attack already you're getting to the seven or nine dice range of attack pools that you can repeatedly hit them with because it, it, it works on all attacks that is very good. Like, just Miles can get to eight dice with this card without spending power. Like, that's insane. Like, eight dice starts punching through those really, really premium defenses. That's why I think this card is exceptionally good. Because it's not just, like, one time more dice. It's multiple times more dice. And it's not, like, one extra five die attack. Like, Cruelty doesn't do anything to those guys. Because they're not taking damage from a five die attack anyway. It also causes your entire uh, opponent... Your opponent's pieces will never be close together because of this single card. They, yeah. They're not going to let you do yeah, that. Yeah, the psychological factor. Yeah, there's a huge amount there. It, it, it allows Web Warriors to fight because without this card, mm-hmm. they're not punching through anybody. Like, they, they'll they nickel yeah. and dime a guy, but not many. Um, this card allows them to punch yeah. up. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, Seven? conservatively i think it could be an eight but i want to know what you guys think i'm gonna go with a solid seven i think i'm gonna say you still have to be still have to be positioned for it yeah you have to be positioned for it your opponent can avoid it most of the time if they try um but it allows web warriors to play in different ways 
if they didn't have that card, it's a single tactics card that allows yep. them to play differently. So that yep. to me brings it from a six because it's just a fighty card, right? Uh, it brings it from a six to a seven. Like it really does matter. That card matters in yep. the game. Definitely, yeah. As a Web Warrior player, like it definitely you feel the difference when you don't have it. Um, also, there are going to be more Web Warriors characters, so it potentially is going to gain effectiveness later on. Because we don't know the next Spider-Man being released might be more of a fighter than the current one, who's just a controller. And sometimes Parker. slow matters, you know. <laughs> being slow sucks sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, if this was just, get, you know, a bubble of give two damage, two extra dice, I would say, like, that's that's really strong. But it also gives slow, I think that's actually the thing that's really strong, is it forces your opponent to deal with a slow also. So, uh, yeah. I like the uh, I like the uh, the rating of a seven for this one. You all webbed up at exactly range three and then impact webbing and push them short. And you're like, goodbye! Mm-hmm. And they're like, no! <laughs> yep. It's the same thing Loki does. Uh, all right, so next up, web barrier. Uh, okay, here we go. To two web words. Yeah, two web warrior characters can spend one. Um, while these characters are within three of each other, they cannot be pushed, thrown, or placed by enemy effects. And while advancing, enemy characters cannot place a movement tool that would o- overlap either allied character or uh, the straight line drawn between the characters unless they have climbing. Characters cannot draw a line of sight through these characters or a straight line drawn between them this round. Um, so I feel like this card should just say uh, they cannot be pushed, thrown, or placed by enemy effects. That, that's so, actually pretty good. Yeah, this this card basically just says two of your characters that are within three of each other can't be placed. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's basically what this, this says. Uh, this sounds really cool and interesting. Uh, it does not work. Uh, the the situation you would have to be in for this card to have value is just irrelevant to the game. Yeah. Like, you would have to be very far away from the, the targeting character already, and the two characters with the web barrier would have to be just barely standing in front of you for anything to matter. Because, you like, it sounds like, oh, you can't move, you just climb. It's like, you're basically just saying, you slowed my character. Mm-hmm. All this wording basically says, my character is slow. What the fuck? That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like all they have to do is get between them. They don't have to get past them. They just have to get their base between the two characters, and then they can see you again. Like it's it's so stupid. It's so easy to get around. Yeah, I think the best way to use but, this card yeah. is tell your opponent what it does and make something up that's way better than what it does, <laughs> and they'll believe you because it's so fucking confusing. Just heavily ham-handed summarize what this card does, like. Uh, web bear, you can't move or see through a uh, line drawn between my characters. And they're like, what? <laughs> and they don't explain yeah. anything or let them see the card. Like, yeah, exactly. Like if they actually think about it, it's so easy to defeat. Put some models on the table and then look at it. It's like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff happens. Like, there, it just doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so terrible. You're like, you so would have to spend I... your entire turn setting this up. And activating multiple characters for it to be any good. So can like, I still I go here? I had the miracle yep. turn. <laughs> yeah, it, I, you can have the miracle turn where everything is fine. And it says you can't put the maneuver template. It doesn't say your base can't touch it. She just put the maneuver tool right up to the edge and your yep. base covers the line. And oh, look, I can see you. It literally does nothing. Mm. Like it just says yep. box line of sight. That's all it says. Can I they just have to guy? move to yes. the line and they see you. Yeah, can I move to so there? Good. Yep. Like, Can I hit that guy? The fact that yep. this card exists and also Shadow Organization is a card in the game is insulting to words. Yeah. Like, this is so dumb. 
so it's anyway, a two. All right, moving on. Uh, it, it's probably a three because you can't be moved. I was going to say, it can't be pushed through. It's probably yeah, a three. Can't, you can only be advanced. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, if you couldn't be advanced, yeah, much better. But I, I, I'm going to go with the three. Jeremy said two. Parker. I think it's a three. Three. Three it is. Uh, next up is X-Men Children of the Atom. Sorry, we're taking way too long here. We want to get through these All today. right, Children of the Atom. Um, Uncanny X-Men character can play this card, remove all special conditions from this character, and gain one power for each special condition removed this way. That's it. Who's giving out cool. all these goddamn conditions? Uh, <laughs> this card is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. This card is bad. <laughs> it, it sounds great. It's I love that it's free. I love that it gains you power for effects. It makes it almost worth playing for the times that you're like, hey, you debuffed me. I now get power. It's like, where are you getting these debuffs? Like, if you could play attack this card that said gain three power and that's all it did, it'd be meh. You probably wouldn't play it outside of like turn one weird shit, right? Like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. anyway. Not my anti-Hawkeye tech. Yeah. yeah. There's... This card would have been good in wave one. There's When when second win. I was going to say, there's so there are so many um, attacks. In the, like, one of the only ways to get special effects in this game is by also taking damage. So by the time you've taken three attacks to get three special conditions, like, you're, you're dazed and it didn't matter. It's bad. Oh, wait. Uh, X-Men Counter Inhuman Super Tech Children of the Atom Unstoppable <laughs> Fuck you Crystal yeah. <laughs> God, Get rid of all these Get more power Kill yeah. you And then Inhuman Super Anti-X-Men Tech uh, Now that you've killed me I get more power To then debuff you again Yeah, yeah. Alright uh, This is at least a two Right Maybe a one It's it's at least a two to me Two So bad It's so not worth a It slot. removes special conditions So probably a two But that's it yeah. So it, like, it's pro- it's definitely better than Heave Ho, but so it's side, not much better. A side note. Anything any of these cards that get rid of status effects, the problem is the game already has a really good mechanic for getting rid of status effects. Called dazing. Like that's the, <laughs> the problem. The like, mechanic, yeah. yeah, like uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna make all these go away. You ready? Boof. They're gone. <laughs> how many how many games? Have you played where you're like, I'd give up a tactics card to not be slowed? Like, fuck Never. Off. Like, sure, <laughs> stagger sometimes. But guess what? When you're staggered, how often do you survive the attack? Look at the attacks that do stagger. Mm. Like, moving on. I just play all you've got. Hard slot at all. Just play all you got. I'll I love the, the concept effects. behind it. It's just, it's, <laughs> in a game where field dressing exists, this is not even on the landscape as yeah. a card that you can play. Uh, so moving on, first class. Uh Reactive card. At the start of the activation phase, an allied Uncanny X-Men uh, character can play it. Each allied Uncanny X-Men character that does not have a power... Oh, sorry. That does not... Ha- oh, sorry. They each, do not... Yeah. yeah. Each yeah. allied Uncanny X-Men does not have to spend power the first time they interact with an objective token this round. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously the best X-Men card. Uh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's mainly good in scenarios that have double interacts. And so as an X-Men player, you can play uh, secures that have interact costs. And most most lists can't deal with that in early turns. So it takes them a couple turns to catch up to you in points. So if you get an early lead, very nice. Yeah, it does a thing. Um, they get to pretend to be not, It does what the card turn. says. It, it, it's not a win. It's not a win harder card for objectives. It's actually no. a, a get started faster card, which is... Potentially yeah. really strong. 
I would say uh, this basically allows them to take an early lead to make up for the fact that they're not actually great at scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give it a five, maybe a four, probably a five. This I feels was, like it has value. I, I was going to give it a six because it allows them to do something that then can win them the game. Without this card, there's things they can't do. They just can't do it. And this is scenario-oriented, so it's a six for me. So you're saying a six, six just because it affects scenario. Because it allows them to get into the scenario correct. Yes. Mm. It allows them on the But board. there are going to be games there are going to be games where it just says you get five power. Or maybe not even really that because you're probably only going to actually interact with three at most mm-hmm. in a lot of games. Because if you if you just don't pick blue, then the odds of you getting an interact secure are very low. Which yeah. means this card is basically worthless. I don't know. I, I, that can't be a six for me. I got to stay at a five. Okay. I understand what you're saying, though, and I don't disagree. If it was Hired Muscle, it'd be better. But, oh, like, Jesus. Hired Muscle works on a lot more scenarios than this one does. I agree. Parker? Yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a, a five at tops, actually. Yeah. I, I'm more I'm closer to a four than a six. Uh, so moving on, last X-Men, last affiliated. To me, my X-Men. To me, my X-Men. So, a character with an uncanny X-Men leadership ability, uh, so that's Storm and Cyclops, may, right now, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, yeah, may spin any number of power to play this card for each power spent one allied uncanny x-men may immediately advance short towards the leader so the very interesting thing about this card is it is hammered dog shit <laughs> this card is fucking terrible <laughs> I was really excited oh for you to go somewhere. You're like, ooh, something good about this card. They're eating it up. They're like, mm, I'm ready for the hot oh takes. And you're like, what can I do with this card, Brandon? Shove it up your ass. Like, this card is fucking garbage. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, this is basically that we're sorry about Cyclops. And if you want field leader without Cyclops, you, I guess you can have it. Like, this card is so bad. <laughs> Okay, so in all seriousness, though, this is probably the worst affiliated only card in the game, right? Name the worst one. Like, this card sucks. Not only does it cost a silly amount of power to be anything close to useful, both of your leaders don't want to be up front, which means you're moving backwards. So the only way this card works is if your list runs forward, picks up objectives, and then runs backwards. But that's not actually how this works, because... That leader has one power. And so one person gets to come home. Everyone else dies. Like, what the fuck is the point of this card? Mm. It's so dumb. The only thing that I could see is if you have horribly mispositioned and need to reposition laterally across the board and conveniently one of your leaders is on that side of the board. Like, that's the only way this this is good. But, okay, just kidding. Storm's leadership is still better than this card by, like, tenfold. Like, this is just, you would never play this card. It's not worth the power. Um, yeah, I, this, I think it was clear they were trying to reproduce Avengers Assemble. And they did, were like, well, let's do something a little different. And it just isn't the same at all. If it was bad and not useful. Yeah. Yeah. I also, so, I, I actually, I 100% think they were going for the, like, the, the iconic line, right? To me, my X-Men is the iconic sure. line. And so, like, how do we make to me, my X-Men actually be a thing in the game? Well, the character will just want the X-Men to come closer to them. And you're like, well, that's so, actually really bad always. This, and you're like, okay. This card, this card is a camel. Do you get it? Why is it a camel? So there's a team of people 
So, so a camel is a horse designed by committee. Committee. If you guys haven't heard this this concept, no. So basically, you get a bunch of people in a room. You're like, "What do we need?" And everyone says something, and you just put it all together, mm. and you end up with a camel, <laughs> which looks like shit but works. Yeah. Like, it's like so they were like, "What do we do?" Well, to me, my X Men has to be a tactics card. So I write that on the board. Like, all right, the name is to me my X Men. What does that do? Well, it's an X Men only card. So you write X Men under the affiliation. It's like, what is what is it going to do? Well, it's an active card. They write active down, and then you just like, what does it do? Well, everyone comes to the leader. Okay, write that down in the best way you can. All right, we did it. That's a card, and they move on. Like, it's just like there was no. The, this didn't start as a concept. It was a how do we make the word to me my X Men right. a tactics yep. card. And yeah, you did it, but it's it's dog shit. Like, get out of here. This card sucks. Yeah. Like, sorry, but it does. Really bad. There might be eventually some really obscure situation where this card is useful, and that's fine. But on the whole, what what is the point of this card? Yep. It's it's just bad. Like, it's it's out of activation movement, which I want to say is always good. But like, it's so expensive. It's so restrictive. You have to move towards a specific character. Like, if if. Avengers Assemble was moved towards Cap, it wouldn't get played nearly oh, as God. it does. And it's <laughs> it's still better than this card because one person has to pay for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Neither of their leaders generate a lot of power. Well, you, I mean... If Vision had an uncanny X-Men leadership, this card might be decent because at least he has the power to play it. If, if Wolverine could play it, all of a sudden, much better card. But the fact that your range four characters are the ones that can play this card, like, why? Mm-hmm. The, and then look at the other people in the faction. Okay, we got Beast and Wolverine. They definitely need to run home, right? Like, what the fuck were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe when the rest of the X-Men come out, there becomes a lot more options for this card. But as is with the four X-Men, this card will should never get played. And maybe that will change, and hopefully it does, because it's a cool concept, but it is not functional. Yeah. Uh, you had a rating. It's not Heave Ho, so two. <laughs> I mean, can this you card play, is bad. Can you play both Heave Ho and To Me My X-Men? Uh, you legally can, so you would officially accomplish losing. If you, <laughs> if you put both of these in your five, you would have to be one hell of a player to win that game. Challenge. I'm just saying. Like, You'd be challenged. Heave Ho You'd plus To Me My X-Men? I, I defy you to win a game that your opponent is also trying to win. Like, I feel like you just would be so All lucky. you need to do is play Guardians of the Galaxy and just turn it into rerolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. It's Uncanny X-Men I know. only. I'm just That's saying. That's why I'm saying. I, for, yeah. for, could you let? Could you allow me in my Guardians list to play to be my X-Men? No. <laughs> Easily a two. Easily a two. You mean, you mean play face down cards is what you mean? Uh, I actually uh, I actually think it's a trick and a trap. I wish I could give it negative points. Um, because because <laughs> at least heave ho, saved up, at least heave ho, you can't like power. at least with heave, heave ho, you're like, well, I, I know what I want to do with heave ho. It will do that. This card is like, okay, I'm gonna spend three power. You're like, oh shit, I spent three power to make all my guys come back, and you're like, you did, it, and, you re- and you realized you fucked up. Like, I think this card, I think this card is also a one because I wish I could give it a zero. Uh, I just, it's so. It's it's actually like a trap. How about this? How about this? It, it it actively offends me that this is a card in the game because of what I like to call the Parker complex, oh, no. which is when your opponent takes this and they choose it in their five, basically waste ten minutes of my life <laughs> throughout the yes. game, them trying to figure out how to make it yeah. work. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, like they're just staring at the board in think tanking, like. 
What yep, if yep, I did yep. this? Nope, still doesn't help me. What if I did this and then that? Nope, still doesn't <laughs> help me. And they're just staring at the table, internal monologuing all these thought processes. Meanwhile, I'm tapping my foot like, can you fucking yep. go? Like, let's do this. I will lo- I will sacrifice a character if you will just move it's like a guy. That. Like, I'll just, like, take Punisher, put him on the side of the board, and concede him as dead if you stop thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, let's move It's on. like the Zach Galifianakis it meme. not worth our The Zach Galifianakis meme with all the, like, equations. All the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and just like to me, my X Men, and the guy staring yeah. with the eyes. Like, do do do? <laughs> All right, I'm I'm at a one. This card sucks. Yeah, I I and it's it blows my mind because so many people have put this in their five against me and then just stared at it. I have never seen this card played. I don't stared expect I it. ever will. Like the only time you play this is like you're teaching someone the game. Like, how does this work? And you like walk them through it just for the fun of it. Like, there's no value in playing this card, in my opinion. It's so bad. I hope we get so much hate mail. For this. <laughs> oh my god, I will. I will respond to infinite messages about this card and be happy about it. This card is trash. So combined, the X Men right, cards so are an eight. I just we, put a one. I didn't even, Jeremy. All. I didn't even ask you for your opinion. Because I voted three ones, and so you have to vote at least three twos. It's clearly, <laughs> it's clearly a one and a half, but I'll take your one. <laughs> I think Heave Ho at least actually fundamentally adds something yeah. to the game. Can we change Heave Ho to a two? But it actually, Heave Ho can kill an enemy character. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, true. it's still one. It's just this is this card is probably better than Heave Ho, but it is not noticeably better than Heave Ho. So it's a one. They're in the same category as trash. Oh man. Parker, did you agree with the I one? I agree with the one, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I stand by my original thing, which is I, I, I wish it never happened. I think a- Anger Management is actually a great comparison. We also gave Anger Management from the Avengers a one from last uh-huh. episode. Uh-huh. I'm looking at him like, that's actually a great comparison. Because you know what? Anger Management actually accomplishes a goal, which is get power on Hulk. It's just not worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. This card does the same thing. You move a model in a weird-ass direction, but you move them... <laughs> It's like it's like they they were so worried to think about if they could move their models they never thought about if they should. Yep. Oh <laughs> all their God. models are just standing in front of Magneto like we got this, bros. Like no, you don't. What do you think you should do? I don't know. Move them directly at. Oh my their, God! Their leader. Maybe that's what it's for. I just I I can't believe I just stumbled upon that. Maybe it's to put all your models back where they were before Magneto attacked them. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. They're all dazed. <laughs> What a pile of shit. Oh my god. Right. I think we've hated on this enough. That was fun. I had a lot of fun bitching about this card. Alright, uh, that's going to do it for us today because we've run super long. Sorry, Parker. No comic corners. That's just fine. We got to get Hell out yes. <laughs> Alright. Okay, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been Brandon. And Parker. And Jeremy, watch WandaVision. <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch WandaVision. It. Last week of guaranteed no spoilers. Uh, and... This has been The Gang Goes to the Land Far Away. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Ah. Well done. (laughs) Hooray. Parker, you're podcasting. Yeah, I've been podcasting this whole time. Still, still Do you guys ever listen to Jack FM when you're in the car? No. Do you guys know what Jack FM is? Yes. No. So it's a radio station that was made on a budget as an idea, 
basically they just upload all of the music they would you would want to play on the radio and they just play it on shuffle and they don't have DJs. And so there's it's either playing a commercial or playing a song. There's no in between. Oh, <laughs> like, that's funny. And so you have to listen to dumb people talk that you don't want to listen to anyway. And it costs them basically nothing because they basically just hit shuffle and go. (laughs) So there's, they just, they advertise it as we play what we want. And so it's just, it's just random songs that are popular, but it's not like one genre. It just plays music. (laughs) And so it's just like all the songs like of, uh, that got at least four stars on Spotify that are all shuffled together (laughs) that aren't explicit. And so like I was driving to get groceries and it played, uh, Stairway to Heaven, followed by Poker Face, followed <laughs> by what was the song on the way home? Um, oh, uh, Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> so it was like oh back to back to back. It's just like, what is happening? <laughs> so the 2010 prom playlist. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, so it's just funny because it's like you just turn out, it could be playing anything. You don't know. It's like when you're when you're tired of commercials on all the other stations, you just hit Jack FM. You're like, it'll be playing something. Let's see what happens. Is that uh, an internet station? Is that the deal? No, it's a it's a local station. Really? It's a one hundred two point five, I think, on the radio. Huh. Okay. It's a Kansas City channel. No, I had no idea that existed. Yeah, I personally was a huge fan of when we had a we had a comedy stand up. Yeah, channel I like the comedy channel. It was like one hundred three point. Yeah, that was awesome, and they got rid of it. I was mm-hmm. so pissed. I, I listened to that nonstop in the car because it's like not the same fucking thing every day. Yeah, no, that was a good station. I like that. Mm-hmm. Did you hear they're closing the Alamo forever? Our Kansas City Alamo, Alamo Draft House. Yes, it's dead. Oh, it's not coming sad. back. Yeah, COVID murdered it. We'll have to remember it. It shall be remembered. <laughs> I really hope that's what that whole thing was for. Was Parker, you that. knew that was coming, right? I, I know. I'm just. Did it just slap you in the face like yeah, a dead fish? It did. <laughs> oh, man. You're like, surely he's not going to. God damn it. <laughs> Perfect. Got him. But they're actually closing the, the draft house? Yes. Yes. It's been closed for a year, and they're just decided not to open it again. That happened today. Mm-hmm. Made me sad. I'm actually wondering if the high V by my house is about to close. It's a brand new one, but like everything in the store was 20% off today. I'm like, well, that's not normal. <laughs> hmm. I was going to say, I've actually heard grocery stores are doing better since because the pandemic happened. Like... Yeah, because people people are staying home more often. They're not going to restaurants. Yeah, they're not like going they have, out. Yeah, they have to eat food. Yeah, there was, um, I heard someone talking about the, you know, people who are getting vaccines and they're like, uh, can we get the grocery store workers some fucking vaccines? Like, they've been only in the middle of it the entire time. I don't, I thought that like, at, like high risk individuals would be like number one overall on the list, right? Is that not true? Because it's actually like frontline workers are number one. Um, hospital, well, Hospital was number one. Medical, yeah. Hospital employees. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, it's like old people, like mm-hmm. as far as so I like can tell. high risk. Yeah. They're in Kansas. They're now on teachers. I, I got my um, vaccin- first vaccination on, um, it was yesterday, and I got it. I did not get it through my school district. They just 
right now you can get them anywhere you can get a vaccine right now you can get them if you are a teacher or if you are over 65 you just have to sign up when the appointment's available so somebody sent me an email saying hey the bunch of appointments are available because my district is going back fully in person for the 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 hybrid students the students who elected to go in person are going to go back in person uh in 20 days less than 20 days actually and so a lot of the younger teachers in my district are still not vaccinated and unless they got vaccinated like this week like in the next couple of days they wouldn't be by the time the kids showed up and so they were jumping on some of the ones they were doing so i got mine at a uh, price chopper in kck nice um yeah i uh I think my school district uh, is going back to school uh, like next week, like full back to school is what I heard. All right. Any other cool pre-ramble stuff we got today? We're trying to keep the WandaVision spoilers off the podcast yeah. right now. Although I want to tell you, I want to talk about it because it's good. Well, I'll say this for WandaVision and then we won't talk about WandaVision anymore. Uh, the end is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it is so happening we, Friday. We yeah, usually drop our, our podcast Friday night. Uh, this coming Friday, which will be the 5th, is the last episode of WandaVision. So we will not talk about WandaVision until next week's podcast, which will release on the 12th. And mm-hmm. so you have until the 12th to be guaranteed spoiler-free on the podcast. Mm-hmm. After that, no guarantees. All right, I guess we're ready to just get into it, aren't we? Do we have anything else to do? What? We just lost Jeremy. I'm back. What did you do? Quit clicking on other things. No, it wasn't that. My internet keeps fucking up. Uh-oh. Yeah. But that's okay. If if I disappear, know that I will come back. Stronger than before. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so protocol of Jeremy disconnects because we're all on separate channels. Just... If you're not Jeremy, so me and Parker will just be quiet until you come back. Yeah. If you're the one that's talking. If we lose you while we're talking, we'll just keep going. And then when you rejoin, just like wave to us and we'll know that we got you back. Okay. How does he wave to us if his video is off? He'll have to rejoin, obviously. No, if his video is off. Yeah, he's he's turning his video back on. I'm taking off my clothes. (laughs) Don't. You'll know. That's that's okay. not the wave we want. Oh. Got it. Yeah, I don't Alrighty. know if the internet's being weird tonight. My computer's making a lot of noise. I don't hear it. Good. So I got this super fancy mic. So I got about four hours of sleep last night. Why? My dog has an ear infection, and oh. he just decided not to make that known to me until I was going to bed at 4.30. Oh, God. Uh, mm. So I had to deal with that. So I got to bed around 6, 6.30. And then I was like, why not get up at like 10.30 and do my alliance raids? So that was my day. Hmm. It's okay, though. I had I had a Red Bull before the podcast, so we're in turbo mode. It gives you wings. I mean, I normally don't drink energy drinks, so usually they kick in pretty hard. Hmm. Uh, do you guys ever watch the um? What's the name of that guy's channel? It's he's just some YouTuber guy that makes funny videos, but he's like the Milwaukee guy or the Midwest guy or whatever it is. But he does he does uh little skits making fun of like people from Minnesota mm. or Wisconsin. Okay, I'm not. And, uh, but they do one making fun of IKEA, and so it's basically the they're in a uh like a 
a conference room and there's a third party guy who's just a regular dude and it's like him and this other like hipster like douchebag looking character and they're both like and they're drinking expressos out of cups of coffee they're like the size of the cups from friends like they're like bowls <laughs> and so these giant cups of espresso and the meeting starts and they're basically just being mean to the third guy and they're like man we got to come up with an idea to make more money on selling furniture and so they start drinking the, and they just keep getting more and more animated and over the top the more espresso they drink and they're like what if we don't build the furniture we make the customers build the furniture he's like yes and then he cracks open a uh a, a monster energy drink one of the white cans and starts pouring that into his espresso and you're like oh god <laughs> he starts drinking that and it's like yeah and then we make the we make all the furniture out of styrofoam right <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then and then the next time you it cuts back to them he's cracking a bang energy drink and pouring that into his cup <laughs> and then they just keep going more and more and more it's like what if we named all the furniture swedish names even though they're not swedish furniture he's like i love it everything will be like frugentag and we'll just nobody will know what anything is <laughs> and, then, and then he cracks a five-hour energy and pours that into his cup and he's like yeah let's do it <laughs> and then uh, they're like, we'll build a maze inside the facility so you can't leave. <laughs> like, once you come in, you must buy furniture. That's the way it works. And then he's pouring, like, pre-workout into his cup. Like, he's like, I need more. And then uh, it, they, they end up, like, writing so much stuff on the board that the idea board looks like the Ikea board. And like, I got it. We'll call it Ikea. <laughs> and oh, they, God. And then they leave. <laughs> like, dude, let's go get drinks. <laughs> you never see them again. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how I am right now. Right. Speaking of funny shows, you guys ever watch Letterkenny? I hate that show. Are you serious? I don't watch it, but I hate it. Oh my god! Uh, I don't get it. I just don't get it. So, Jeremy, it's amazing that you said that. I am watching it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm actually something just popped up on uh one of my favorite when uh, she <clears throat> when they meet the. Uh, the the boobs innuendo girl and he mm-hmm. and the whole and the whole scene is her making like obvious jokes and refer- reference puns to her chest and mm-hmm. the whole time he's asking her so you've never seen hot shots hot shots <laughs> airplanes like he's like like uh. he's trying to get her to admit that she's doing this on purpose and she's like nope i have no idea what you're talking about he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like like some I, I will say you you can watch that show reminds me a lot of uh it reminds me of Seinfeld in some ways because you can you can watch Seinfeld for a while and just be watching it and it's just something to watch and then all of a sudden like something gets you like something really really good mm-hmm. like obviously the people who are writing it did a really like a really clever people and they created something really special that's what Letterkenny reminds me of it reminds me of Seinfeld like that there's no, it's the show's about it's like nothing ninety percent bullshit yeah but then randomly yeah. it's amazing yeah most of it most of the show is just the like the main characters talking to each other which mm-hmm. is actually most of the show of Seinfeld it's just, just talking on yeah. a, at a table. Yeah, just dialogue. There's his, like it's very rarely a really zany situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the deadpan dialogue delivery is what gets me. Just the way the the way that the main character talks just cracks me up. Yeah, uh, every every episode featuring the Amish, I just like I I laugh crying. <laughs> I, I tried to. Sh- I tried to show the episode where they where they convinced them to go come to their house to help them build something. Oh my and god! The whole time, and the whole time they're convinced that they're trying to convince him to smash. He's trying to convince him to smash his wife. He's just like, I'm sure they want us to breed 
with the wife. I'm sure they know. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, of course they do. They've been genetically bottlenecking for for five generations. Of course they want new gen- gene stock. And so they're and so, like the the dad keeps asking them really strange questions, questions that sound like they must be about like their genetic like their genetics. It's like the uh-huh. way he's trying to like assess which one of them has the best genes. Uh, and so you can never tell if they're if they're if they're trying to figure out who is going to have sex with his wife mm-hmm. or if they're just if he's just making strange conversation oh that's that's that whole scene is a, and the best part is all three of them are standing like stock still like super rigid like super anxious about what's going on <laughs> and <it's> like <laughs> i i just i like every time like that this, this stuff is great was I, really I just watched what was the one i watched most recently and it just had me rolling it was the the super soft birthday it's gonna be the softest fucking birthday you ever saw, where he gets like. Uh, <laughs> I actually have not seen. I've not seen that. Oh one. my god! So the friend every year because his parents wouldn't give him a birthday. So now, like this dude's like twenty three or something, and so they're they get horses. They make sure he gets a pony. They make sure it's like all glitters and sparkles <laughs> and shit. And it's like the entire time they just call it a super fucking soft birthday. <laughs> it's going to have a super fucking soft birthday. It's just like totally kid themed and silly, but it's like the most oh. important thing to the entire group to give him a super soft fucking birthday. He's like, this is the softest fucking birthday that that'll be in the last year. It's just, oh my God. It's a super fucking uh... soft birthday. Com- I just don't get it. I just don't get the show. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think. Okay. I think. I think that show is also a little bit like the fact that there's this, 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 the style of humor is so different. Like the style of dialogue is so different. Uh, it reminds me also in that not not in in a similar way of comedic timing, but in a similar way that it appeals to people. Like Monty Python appeals to people. Like some people yeah. love Monty Python. Like just they love it, and other people just can't get it. Like they just don't get it there's this i showed my wife monty python went right over her head i showed my wife Letterkenny. she's like okay that looks like a show i'm just like okay i'm not gonna try you mm-hmm. it, it, it passes by you like a ship in the night it's fine i'm not saying See, I, you're not, i feel you're that way long about, to not like it i feel that way about family guy like i i don't like family okay. guy yeah. very much at all like it's the same joke over and over and they beat dead horses in that mm-hmm. show like Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. if I happen and, to be drunk, and then, they have a, and then they have a cutaway about somebody actually beating a yes. horse. Like, that's, if I happen that's to be drunk thing. and I turn it on, the little clip, like a yeah. five-minute little snippet, will be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Done. The show's done. It only has five minutes. No, yeah, I, I can definitely respect that about a Family Guy. I'm not a fan of Family Guy, but I like outrageous, over-the-top humor, and so mm-hmm. parts of Family Guy I will find very entertaining. Mm-hmm. But the, I can't, I don't like sit down ever and watch a whole episode. Like that literally never happens. I don't think since I was in high school that has happened, which is like, oh fuck, almost twenty years now. It feels like I uh, like there's there's sometimes the, the thing that the thing that works in Family Guy that I, I that I appreciate about Family Guy, and the, the reason why I will still watch an episode of Family Guy is because every once in a while the show is very aware of itself, uh, and I and I I don't know if that's bad. That that I appreciate that so much. For like for example, Brian as a snooty intellectual, and yet he's also a dog. I do not know how many times they're going to tell a dog joke in that show, and I'm going to find it funny. The other, <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching an episode the other day, and he, uh, Brian was talking to Lois, and Stewie just happened to be there, like in the you know in the in the in the scene. And Brian says something like, "I don't know, Lois. I feel like you could probably do with some something, something uh, that could be." Uh, 
uh, like a psychosexual release for your tension. I know that, you know, Kafka said that you could relate uh, to your inner self better if you understand your sexuality. And then Stewie, without, like, st- without breaking the conversation, says, if you want, I can clean the poop off your butt with a pair of scissors. <laughs> just like, it's like, like he just says that, and and the conversation continues. Right, neither character acknowledges oh that Stewie said that, and that made me. I I, I spit. I spit when I had my mouth out. I was just like, oh my god, that is so wonderful. Like this, like this, the dog with the hyper intellectualism. And then Stewie interjects for just a moment by saying, if you want, I can get the poop off your boat with a pair of scissors. Like I'm just like, oh my god, that's so funny. That's so fucking funny. And oh my god. So that's that's what. That's what I really like about that show is it's it's uh, and that's also what I like about Seth MacFarlane's. I, I don't he can be really obnoxious and the show can be really obnoxious uh-huh. and in your face, but it can it can also like he himself. I, I don't know if you guys ever really listened to him. He hates uh, uh, the uh, solemnity equals seriousness. Like he hates that that you can't be funny, you can't laugh about something and be serious about it at the same time, and so. Uh-huh. Like everything that he's ever touched, Ted, uh, a million ways to die in the West. Like the, it's all about uh, pointing out how utterly ridiculous everything is um, constantly, and in so a comedic way. yeah, in a comedic way. And I really, uh, and, and nothing is sacred. Everything's you know touchable, and and it's not it's not parody uh, as often as, as South Park is. Like Bruce, South Park has brilliant parody, but Family Guy does this really good job of making. Uh, uh, nothing is sacred. Everything's laughable. Everything's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things about Family Guy that I really appreciate, and I think there's a reason why Family Guy came back. I think it's because of that. Yeah, uh, it died like a you know died hard for like five years and then came back because of that. So side note and non sequitur here, um, I was coming home and it was about five p.m. This should be on the news at some point. Uh, across the highway, I see on the other side of the highway on I-70, uh, some dude running down the hill and then trying to go across the highway during fucking rush hour. He stops. Rush hour Steve. Uh, so he stops. He stops some traffic. He manages to get most of the way. And here come cops down the hill. And this is right by the Royal Stadium-ish. So cops come running down the hill. And then all of a sudden I see in the distance that there's a... Um, several trooper cars like zipping up the direction of the flow of traffic which is the opposite side of mine at this point my side Mm -hmm. is stopped because they're watching the scene unfold and so (laughs) the other side is stopped and this is six eight lanes of traffic i-70 and fucking anyway i'm right there this dude makes it across and I'm like, shit, I locked my doors. I'm like, this motherfucker's going to jump in my car or something. Is that close? And yeah, yeah, like he's right in front of me. So then the cops are chasing him. One cop slams his car into the guardrail, doesn't hit it, but just slams shut sideways, stopping traffic. And both of those guys jump out and chase this guy across the other side of the highway. And then Jeez. more cops come. Yeah, more cops come across and people are just running across this fucking highway. And because of all the traffic stopped, I didn't see how it all unfolded, like the end result, mm-hmm. but that was the craziest shit ever. Like this was rush hour traffic <laughs> and some dude straight up runs across. I thought I was going to witness a death. Like I, mm-hmm. this dude I thought was going to die for sure. Then I thought mm-hmm. I was going to watch cops die because they did it too. <laughs> yeah. Like there's running through traffic. Dude, it was yeah. insane. So then I've been looking at the news all night, just waiting for that to pop up. And apparently in blue Springs this morning, some dude got off work, tried to cross the highway, and got murdered. I'm like, good lord, oh, guys. Geez. It's a highway. 
folks. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that happened today. That was crazy. That was crazy. So, so the guy, did he look like he was like going somewhere? Was he actually just like going in one direction or was he going back and forth evading them? Like what? I trying to picture it, this. In basically, my mind. once he slowed the first one, he was down. just trying to evade the cops. Yes, yeah, he was trying to get across the highway. Across yeah, yeah. the highway, trying to get away from them. Yeah, so he would manage... Like, surely the helicopters and the cars can't follow me across yeah. the highway. So he managed to slow the first car down, and then when the first car slowed down, everybody else started slowing down because something was up. Mm-hmm. And then he managed to get across... And then he frogger championed his way to freedom. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I don't think so. The cops had guns drawn. Like, they yeah. came across the highway, like, serious. And again, the trooper cars came and, like, went completely sideways across I-70 stopping two lanes of traffic dead because they can't go through a car Mm -hmm. and then they ran across and then on the hill there was more cops like watching the situation unfold I I don't know what this guy did but uh had to be something they don't they don't chase you across a highway on foot unless you did something so yeah it was it had to be something serious Hey, he shoplifted a Snickers. Like, now nah, let him go. Like, I'll pay for the Snickers. Like, we're not we're not running through high speed traffic. Yeah. So I I don't know. Again, it'll be on the news at some point and figure yeah. out what's going on there. But that was crazy. And of course, everybody's got their camera out. And then because they yeah. managed to all get across the side of highway I was on, I'm like, okay, guys, fucking go. No, everybody's waiting, like watching to see what happens to this guy. They want to watch a guy be yeah. shot or something. I'm like, we got to go home. Yeah. Like, go home. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, this thing unfolded with like 20 minutes of just sitting still on the middle of I-70. It was crazy. God, I bet that that shit was backed up for months. Oh, dude. And like I say, it was I-70's right. I-70's already pretty bad. Yeah, it yeah. was right like, oh, it was the Adams Mark parking lot, I believe is what it was, that where they came off of. Somewhere in that area. But, uh, yeah, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. <laughs> So I almost got cool. to hit a guy. <laughs> Why didn't you just run him down, Jeremy? I didn't know. <laughs> Could have saved everybody a lot of headache. Yeah. I get a free one. I don't even take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what happens in that situation. If you see somebody running from the police. You just plow a car into over them. With your car. <laughs> like, are you a hero? Got I don't him. know. Like, and you're like. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, like uh, I ran down the guy you were chasing. He was like, yeah, but like he was like just like laid on bail. Like, why did you yeah. kill him? Like, <laughs> we were trying to catch him to tell him something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, got him. You're I welcome. Think is... I think you're looking for your yeah. welcome. Yeah, I was gonna say everything turns turns into a scene from Iron Man two. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, just hit him again. <laughs> like, what's going on? I don't think the city would probably press charges, but the guy could. I guess yeah. if you hurt him. Like yeah, they'd have to. I, I thought he was I know jump there's in my been car. situations where civilians have aided in apprehensions, but it's usually mm-hmm. like you know, basically the cop tries to detain a guy, he fights, you, the cop tackles him, and the basically they're just brawling on the ground, mm-hmm. and then like you know, bystanders will come up and like help them restrain the guy because basically the cops just getting the shit beat out of him. You're mm-hmm. like, this is, we need to stop this guy. It's like we don't want to see a cop get murdered like right. while trying to apprehend a violent criminal, but. Like, I don't know what happens if you just, like, run someone down who's playing the police. Like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. the protocol is on say, that. I think, yeah. I don't think you could use... I don't think you could use a weapon to help the cops. I don't think that... Or like, a, like a vehicle. I almost just spit-taked all over my keyboard. <laughs> I just it's imagine... Like, it's just like... 
a motorcycle fucking flying and he's just like turn sideways like drift it straight into somebody and just like step off yeah. the bike going 60 miles an hour into some dude <laughs> got him <laughs> you just like drop kick a guy off of a motorcycle like, oh god guys i helped gotta call your insurance company all right we should probably get started that was that was pretty good pre-ramble about nothing yeah yeah that was interesting hypothetical i wonder if vehicular manslaughter could be you know pardoned if i mean obviously i think ideally because if you're already slowing down i don't think you could hit him hard enough with the car to kill him unless some really awkward stuff happened but like what if you just like you know take him out and like he rolls up on your car and falls down and then like he gets arrested like do you get like accommodation or like do you get arrested? I don't know what happens. I, and also, drink, obviously, Dr. there's Pepper's like an act, with the president. There's, there's also like the whole idea of do does are you like at a complete stop? You see the guy a hundred yards away, and you're like, oh, here <laughs> you we go, down. and then you're like, are you and you try, and you're running him down, or are you just driving and you see him and you somehow make the split second decision just not to break and just go ahead and let it happen? Well. What if you just break slightly less than the amount you needed? Right. Like, just enough to kind of clip him. Just like, like if you're a hunter, yeah. if you're a hunter and you see a deer jump across the road, you're like, I haven't had a kill this year, and you just let it happen. Yeah. Like, I got a tag left. And yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Just like, is that is that similar? I don't know. I guess I it's between you and Jesus at that point. Did you, guys, did you guys see the, uh, the Grand Canyon episode of Always Sunny? Mm-mm. I'm sure so I did. They, but... they load up the car. They load up the, the Ranger over, and they're like, all right, we're going to the Grand Canyon. It's everyone but D. D's not going, because they haven't told her. But they're about to pull away from the bar, and D shows up. And they're like, ah, oh, damn it, like, now we have to tell her where we're going, and, like, she's going to want to come with us. So, yeah, of course. So they all load up in, in the Land Rover, and they're driving around. And uh, I can't remember. I think, yeah, there's a guy riding a bicycle in the traffic. And they're annoyed because he's not going fast enough. And it's Philadelphia, so you speak your mind, right? And so Mac leans out the window and starts screaming, like, hey, a-hole, get the hell out of the fucking road, like all this stuff. And the guy flips him off. The guy on the bike flips off the, the Range Rover behind him, blaring the horn on a side street. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? And so he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And they're all drinking in the car, <laughs> like open containers everywhere. So he's like, watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fire one past his bow. And he, he gets up sitting on the windowsill of the car, picks a full beer bottle and winks at oh, God! and nails him in the head with it. <laughs> and he's immediately ragdolls to the ground. And they run over his bike, almost run him over, oh, and then come to a screeching halt. And then and then they get out, it's like, is he dead? And then he like slowly like stands up all wobbly and then pulls a tire iron out of his backpack. <laughs> like, shit, go, go, go. And so they drive away and they drive and then they find out that the the in Charlie's words, you got a whole lot of bicycle wrapped around your drive shaft. <laughs> so they have to go back to the bar because the Range Rover's been disabled because there's too much mountain bike wrapped around the drive shaft. Oh my gosh. And then they take uh, D's car to the Grand Canyon. And then, you know, things like that keep happening. <laughs> you know, Tim turns out you shouldn't throw beer bottles at pedestrians, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, oh, my God. That that was one of the funniest episodes in real time. Like, it's not the best rewatcher of the series, but oh, my goodness. That one, the first time you watch it, is is just gold. I think it's a fairly early one, too. I think it's only like season three. All right, let's get into this, guys. All right. 
I I really liked the different podcast name every week, but I am enjoying the catch line much uh-huh. more. So I think we're going to yeah. stick with yeah. this. The first 20 episodes were all just the alternate podcast names we were we were yeah. brainstorming when we were trying to come up with our name, which is why we came up with seven names instead. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it was I actually really liked it at at, at number 20 it changed. I like that too. That's good. Yeah. Well, I have a couple more in the bank, but I'm saving those for a yeah. rainy day. Oh boy, uh, I think we don't need a post ramble today because that was that was a doozy of an episode. And yeah. John's gonna yell at me again if we go four hours. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, uh, let's get out of here, dude.